50 episodes? Holy cow. That is a lot of episodes. Hey, guys, it's Pixel Dan. Alan, Chris, you guys are awesome. I've worked alongside the both of you for several years now, and I think it is absolutely fantastic that you are now 50 episodes strong with Operation Retroshock. I've had the pleasure of being a guest on the show with you guys multiple times, and we've discussed things from video games to Star Wars and everything in between. And I think that's one of the things that is so great about your show. You don't really have any limits. You just talk about everything retro that is cool. So guys, I raise my glass and a toast to you. 50 episodes, well done, and here's to 50 more. Until next time. Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, and you probably know me better as the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Alan Frank and Chris Zinn. Chris and Alan, the sexiest team in the UK. You're listening to Alan and Chris. You right now are with Chris and Alan. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Hello everybody and welcome to episode 50 of Operation Retroshock. It has been a long time coming. I am one of your co-hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, yes we are back alongside each other, is... Hello, I'm Chris Vint, and it's kind of a trifecta of uh, Retroshock goodness because... It's the last time we'll be recording in this studio, my bedroom, because I'm moving house next week. And the fact that... What was the other one? What was the other one? It's my birthday yeah, show. Yeah, but there was another one. Um, I mentioned this to you before we came on air, and now I can't remember what it is. There is something. Oh, you'll, you'll, come, you'll, to come on, old age, come on. Oh, come to me. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it's something important, anyway. It was something important. We've got my birthday. We've got episode fifty. No, it was just the fact that it's going to be the last time it's recorded here. Maybe it was. Uh, no, yeah, it's that the I fact that it's episode fifty. Out. It's that the fact that it's the last time we're recording in Studio One Point Oh, as I call it, and it's my birthday. Yeah. So yeah, that's your three, everybody. So yay for me. So yes, um, it's kind of weird that episode fifty is kind of coming at this this time in sense of not even to do with my birthday or anything like that, but episode fifty is going to be the last time it's recorded where it all began. Um, so it kind of... It, it is kind of fitting as well. Yeah. In the sense of then we can start the next 50, hopefully at least. 50 plus. 50 plus. Yep. So on and so forth. Um, 
<clears throat> in new surroundings and stuff like that. Obviously, yes, not every single episode has been recorded here. A couple have been recorded at mine, as no doubt probably a couple of the next 50 odds will be as well. But this was where it began, so it is kind of weird. But um, we are still going to provide you with an absolutely fantastic show, everybody. We are sure of that. Um, we haven't done the usual sort of birthday show um, in the sense of that uh, I got to pick what was on it. We both came up with these choices because, as you have all been informed over the last while, this was Retro Shock going retro Mm -hmm. in the sense of episode one, we brought you a wrestling subject, we brought you a game subject, we brought you a TV subject, and we brought you a film. A film. Yeah. Exactly. So... We're going to do the exact same here for you today. Oh, before that. Oh, no. I have to make two trips. He has to make two trips. Yeah. We can all guess what's going to happen here, everybody. Yes, it is the birthday show, so that can only mean one thing. Chris is going to pull magical things out of a hat. Hopefully it's not a pigeon, because um, that, that might cause issues in this room. Well, you can have that, first of all. All right, cool. Oh, cool. My championship, yeah. wanted to borrow Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, I want to borrow that. <coughs> so, let's see if you can guess what that is. Okay, let me see. Okay, I'll put this up. Ah, uh, there's too many things I'm already holding. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine wrapping paper. Yeah. It's I thought it was the best wrapping paper ever. His birthday. James and Thomas and Percy. Is anybody else? No? I like Baldwin's <laughs> not on, I'm afraid. Oh, no, no, I like Baldwin. Why? set that there for now because I don't want to set it on top of the laptop in case it stops recording stuff I'll open the card first I know real sound effects everybody right Papa we're out of sandpaper again it's Pinocchio on a toilet <laughs> another birthday that's rough <laughs> very funny Oh, sorry, no special retroshock in Dual Plan, Chris. It's okay. We can't do it every year, you know. I know. <laughs> okay, James Miller's gone off. <laughs> if you are wondering, everybody, the, this... Uh, if you can guess, uh, you win a special prize what night we're watching this. <laughs> watching this, recording this, and watching a game of football. Um, actually, okay, sorry, well. no, there'll be no prize because it's a rubbish team playing, so it's all right. Yeah, Ireland... It's not Ireland, by the way. Top of the morning to you. Okay, right. It's time to open this present here, then. Shall we now? I'll try not to wreck the Thomas paper. It's too nice. I don't know I don't know why I went all Irish. Fort Ireland. Mind, remember when we were down in Dublin and the girls said we had lovely little accents for the voices? <laughs> we were like, oh, right. I was like, I didn't really know I had much of an accent, but, you know... I don't yeah, know. Oh, no, short. I've ripped the paper. Oh, proper fool. Right, I think I'll just pull it out now. No! <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Oh no, I blocked it. Oh! <laughs> awesome. Cool, man. <clears throat> For everybody who's wondering, it is the art of the Mass Effect universe. This is something I'd actually been planning to get for quite some time, but I kind of not got round right to it because um, I didn't really have a lot of money over the last while, so that is awesome. That's cool, man. Thank you kindly. I shall put this down here. This is all the stuff from Mr. Mike Lacey. Oh, no way. Seriously? Yep. What is this man like? You are too kind, Mike. Okay, right. That's okay. Don't worry. We'll sort that out in a second. There's scissors in case you need it. Scissors. I'm probably need it for that. 
Caesars. Yep. Don't know why am I using it on the wrapping paper? I don't <laughs> need to use it on the wrapping paper. That one. It's got a Doctor Who wrapping paper, by the way. It's Doctor Who. <laughs> that is awesome. It is the fifth Doctor and Master Two pack from Planet of Fire in 1984. They are posable action figures. They're actually really good. <coughs> I like his hat. Yeah, they're actually really good quality figures. And it's a 2010 San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Ooh, by the way, so, mm, very nice. Well done, Mike's part. Since Mike doesn't really know an awful lot about Doctor Who. Indeed, very good shout, sir. Thank you very much. I shall put these to the side for two seconds. And which one do you think I should go on to next? There, for everybody that no, uh, can't see, um, there <laughs> well, is, that's pretty much everybody. Yeah, ob- obviously, yes. Apart from me. us too, um, there is sort of a poster tube. Tube. I sounded very tubular there. And then there's like a rectangular, smaller box. So, which go one do you poster. think? Go with the poster thing yeah. first. Okay, we'll go with the poster thing. Um, Try not to slice into it because obviously it's something probably reasonably well, I wouldn't say fragile, but probably easily ripped. What have we got? Right. Looks like there's a few things here. Right, let me see. No, 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 no. Phil, Chris, Phil. <laughs> Pull out. <laughs> no, I keep it in. Oh, 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 oh my god. Ha 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 ha. I remember speaking to him about these yonks ago. Oh, God. Remember these? Yep. That is outstanding. Mike, you're an absolute legend. Um, System protected. Basically, what these are, everybody, is me and Mike had talked about these quite a long time ago on Twitter. And it was... Oh, oh, that's (laughs) just just the backing paper, lucky. (laughs) Um, Way protect them. Um, Basically... A while ago, me and Mike were speaking on Twitter, and Nintendo of America, the Nintendo sort of the way over here, you, is it? It's 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 coins over yeah, there. Coins they have coins. We have stars. Whereas the European store over here, kind of, it's pretty rubbish when it comes to things on, you know, that you get as prizes. Yeah, really, I got a keyring which disintegrated after like about. I yeah, know, I remember that. After and about a, a yeah, week, England just missed. Yeah, um, but in the American store, they have a lot more choice stuff and basically I'll just get to the point here because I'm more rambling than anything um, but it's three of the Donkey Kong posters it was like Donkey Kong through the ages or something I think it was referred to um, so yes thank you very much Mike for using up your precious coins I do appreciate it <laughs> that is awesome thank you very much it's three posters by the way one's of the sort of the modern game then one's kind of like what you would describe it like you know the way like evolutionary of man yeah. poster sort of thing of what Donkey Kong looked like in the past through to now yeah. and then one is like just an original level there out of Donkey Kong I was going to use the scissors but I don't know why I just started ripping this open here <laughs> right let's see what we've got oh oh I know what these are going to be <laughs> I know what these are going to be now I've just realised I could feel it there <laughs> You're a crazy man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, Mr. Lacey, are an absolute legend. Hello. <laughs> Great Scott. Describe to the people what I'm wearing. He's wearing the Iron Man spectacles um, <laughs> that have the Avengers thing on them. So basically, Alan put, without knowing, his wish list onto <laughs> Twitter. Twitter, and Mike just went, yoink, have that, have that, have that. <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. So thank yeah. you very much, Mike. That's pretty awesome, man. Should I wear these for the entire show? Well, if you want to give yourself a split in the headache, why not? Look, England match is in like three D now. No, it's not really. It's just rubbishness coming out of my face. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'll, I'll put them off. That is awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> Mind, I'll probably have to go to a 3D movie to use them now, but I should just walk into a cinema and be like, where'd he get those? And I'd be like, from America. <laughs> I don't know, going funky voice there. But yes, thank you very much, Mike. That is awesome. Thank you, kind, it says. You shouldn't have, but you shouldn't have either. But nonetheless, I'll put those there. Okay, I'll take it back then. No. Uh, your prize for guessing what football match we're watching is the Art of Mass Effect book. <laughs> no. Yeah. Stay here. No, come on. Right. I'll have to put these sort of try and tidy the place yeah, up. We're so. stop recording. I'm just trying to solve everything. That's fine. I'll put this here. That's okay. Right. Uh, oh, hello. Hi. Sorry, I was just half watching the match as well. It's okay. But yes, thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much, Crazy. It's much appreciated. So we haven't even told everybody what we're actually talking about. We've told them the subjects we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to be about talking about Alan's birthday presents at length. So we're going to be talking about Donkey Kong, Iron Man, um, The Fifth Doctor, and Mass Effect. Yeah, we'll do that instead. That yeah. would have actually picked everything. That would have picked that TV, would have actually game, covered everything. film. No, TV, yeah, game, game. and then he would have had, oh, he would have well, had wrestling left out then. Yeah. Unless Iron Man wrestled the Hulk. There you go. It could be arranged. But hey, yep. that's okay. We're only about ten minutes in, so it's all right. We haven't used <laughs> up too much time. Um, but yes, I'll say thank you one more time, Mister Lacey. Thank you kindly. So yes, like we said, there's going to be wrestling. There's going to be a game. There's going to be a movie. And there's going to be TV. What are the subjects? What are we going to talk about? Well, there has been something we haven't told you that is happening on this show. Everybody is. Yes, we're talking about those different subjects, but there's also well. You said you hadn't lined up an interview in your card, but there has been an interview that we've had in the bag for quite some time yep. that the opportunity has just never you know, came about just yet for us to use it in a show. But I suppose no better time to use it than now. So the first subject we will be talking about today will be the real Ghostbusters. So that's our TV show. Um, to accompany this, I'll let Chris talk about it. A long time ago, Chris set up an interview with this lady. Yep. So, go ahead, Chris. Uh, yeah, I interviewed uh, Laura Summer, who was the voice of Janine Melnitz in the Real Ghostbusters for the first couple of seasons. So, I talked to Laura about, you know, Real Ghostbusters and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think we're on to write for about 25 minutes, half an hour, thereabouts. So, just nice to put that in here. Um, we were trying to get James E. Talk on to it because, obviously, he worked very closely with the real Ghostbusters um, DVD release in America, uh, but unfortunately our our schedules weren't able to. Um, He's been a very busy man preparing uh, the next few serial gigs yeah, and stuff like as well. Yeah, up and that kind of thing. So unfortunately that didn't happen. So yeah, so Alan and I'll talk about that, and then we'll have the lower summer interview. Also at the end of the show, um, we're going to actually. Um, talk about our favourite retro shock moments and um, we'll try and not get emotional and some <laughs> listeners have sent in their favourite retro shock moments as Mine, well we do have more memories in the bag but we're only going to discuss a few people's on this episode uh, we will probably spread over the next few episodes you know maybe just a handful more sort of thing just to be nice and all that sort of stuff but because we have so much going on in this episode we couldn't possibly dedicate an entire time to emails and stuff like that 
Um, but yeah, because it's very unlike us to do three-hour episodes. I know it's completely unlike us to do three-hour episodes. Yeah. You know, and especially three three-hour episodes on one subject. Oh wait, yes, Doctor Who. Um, but anyway, so yes, real Ghostbusters is going to be our TV subject with the interview. Then we are going to do a game, which is going to kind of be two games technically, but one subject, mm-hmm. which is Star Wars. And what is it? It's Rogue Squadron. And Rebel Strike. Yeah, Rogue Squadron 2 and Rebel Strike. Both on the GameCube, funnily enough. Rebel Strike is Rogue Squadron 3. Yep. So it's Rogue Squadron series you could classify yes. it as, if you want to be technical like that. Technically. Um, then we are going to do a movie. And now you may turn around and say to us, well, this movie isn't particularly retro, but you will see the method behind our madness. Uh, the movie we're going to talk about is the first Expendables. Now, by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be pretty close to Expendables 2 release time. Um, you'll probably be hearing this in July, so it'll be about a month till Expendables 2 is out. But we're going to talk about ex- the original Expendables, but also we will probably veer off on a tangent and speak about very shortly, mind. When I say shortly, well, <laughs> that isn't very much in RetroShock's theme. Um, but we will talk about sort of you know maybe a couple of other movies because obviously there's a lot of big stars in Expendables. You have Stallone, you have Willis, you know, etc., etc. Um, and thwart the nigga. Um, so yeah, we'll probably talk about a couple of their movies quickly. Uh, some stuff we've maybe talked about previously on RetroShock. Some stuff maybe not. Um, and then finally, if you have been paying attention, if you have been subscribed to Chris's YouTube channel. Quick block, Chris, block. Fintomania, brother. Yeah, on, on YouTube. There's no brother in it. So, yeah, Fintomania on YouTube, if you've been watching, he uh, not so long ago did, what was it, your top ten wrestling autobiography DVD, something along those lines, yes? And uh, this was, was it number four? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, number four. And a personal favourite of mine, and, well, obviously it would be Chris's to reach number four on his list, is the Hot Rod Roddy Piper's uh, autobiography Born to Controversy Born to Controversy so yes that will be all our subjects for this episode um, so yeah it's going to be a pretty cool episode so will we just kick things off with the real Ghostbusters then we should do yes okay so obviously this was spawned out of the absolutely fantastic as Chris looks confused at uh, Roddy Piper's uh, okay no put it away <laughs> Yeah, there was a dodgy picture in Roddy's DVD, but we'll talk about that later. Um, obviously, Real Ghostbusters came about because of the absolutely blockbusting movie with Bill Murray and etc. Um, with Slimer and stuff, which is kind of the real reason behind this cartoon show more than anything, is to try and get more kids in... Well, most meanings behind cartoons is to get money from parents buying yeah, the kids' and toys yeah, more and more merchandise and stuff. Yeah. Um, but is there anywhere in particular you want to start with Real Ghostbusters, Chris? Well, obviously this was called the Real Ghostbusters because Filmation had a... Fake Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters, which had yeah. like a gorilla and stuff like that in it. So that's <laughs> why it was called the Real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but obviously you had, you know, the four Ghostbusters, Janine. You didn't have Dana in it. You didn't have Lewis in it. Yeah. So you just had like the core characters. And obviously Slimer was more... Um, prominent. Yeah, prominent and more... 
the guy who did the voice for Uni did the voice for Slimer. Yeah. So um, Slimer wasn't as annoying as Uni though. Um, <laughs> obviously, you had Maurice Lamar, who you know obviously did the voice for Inspector Gadget and did the voice for Garfield and, and Kiff and Brian. Yeah, to name but a few. Uh, obviously, you would have heard at an episode fourteen we talked about. Um, Ernie Hudson going for yep. the role of Winston in this yeah, and then Arsenio Hall it. <laughs> got it instead so um, ultimate insult you can't even get that's your own actually, character that's actually a question I ask Laura Summer yeah. uh, is about Ernie Hudson oh that'll, well. be, that'll be cool that'll so be cool is. so um, yeah um, I just remember watching it and just I like I love the even though it's the, the Ghostbusters music for some reason this has mm-hmm. a bit more of a kick to it yeah than it's just it's not a full departure from the theme, yeah. but it's just it was it's n- nice and different enough. Yeah, I think I think we may have to do a pixel Dan and have a comparison time. Comparison time, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, just any any good excuse to put some Ghostbusters music in the show. Yes. I must take note of where that was actually. <laughs> 18 minutes in. Okay, thank you. Okay, moving on. Um obviously there was a there was a, quite a changing voice cast in this. Yeah, it seemed to be like every so often, you know, um you would have I think Mar- um, Maurice Lamar left after a couple of seasons. Well, according here Maurice LaMarche is actually the only one that stayed. Oh, right, okay. Uh, because uh, <coughs> you had Lorenzo Music played Venkman from seasons one to two, and then uh, Dave Coulier uh, came in to do three to seven, and then Arsenio uh, left after the three seasons, and then Laura Sumner left after two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a sort of, it seemed like, you know, the way within a lot of shows nowadays they try to cut costs and all that sort of stuff it obviously, to me it seems maybe like this is maybe what kind of happened here around this sort of time maybe for this show I don't know particular obviously you don't know the backstage politics and stuff like that but there might have been a sort of but there hasn't been too many like if you look at Turtles or you look at Thundercats or you look well, at things yeah, like that true. you know there hasn't that's been true. that many that have changed obviously you get soap operas that from time to time they go upstairs and then like you know the next scene they come down look totally different and nobody <laughs> notices you know like oh Pippa why do you look so different yeah um but just things like that um, but no the one episode that strikes me is the one to do with uh, Murray the Mantis um, it was to do like a um, you know the way in America they have the holiday parades with balloons and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah that yeah. came alive then awesome yeah that's the one thing I remember um, about real Ghostbusters um, that and that one of the 
<laughs> one of the one of the characters in it is called Detelio because J. Michael Straczynski, who wrote episode three Man of Monster Universe, called one of the characters Detelio after Larry Detelio, that kind of thing. So they seem now little, little nods. Like yeah, at le- and at least you've got to squeeze He Man into episode fifty. So there you go. That's not here nor there. Oh, Chris sneering at Masters <coughs> of the Universe. Oh dear. Yeah. There has been a lot of stuff Mattel, going on about that recently. Mattel yeah. has just quashed my interest in it. They broke Chris's heart. Ah. I suppose we'll go for a quick segue here, shall we? Okay. Into sort of Masters of the Universe territory. And we'll go into sort of wrestling territory just momentarily as well. Um, as we have mentioned in the past, we're going to WrestleMania 29. Yeah. Uh, yay, it's getting closer to the time. Hashtag WM29, hashtag RetroShock. <laughs> um, this is actually, this is something that still has amazed me to this day is... Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, Chris has sold a remarkable amount of a Seaman collection um, to fund his way in the WrestleMania trip. This is something I thought I would never actually see. But then that also kind of backs up. It's not even the fact of, you know, having to fund WrestleMania trip or anything like that, but it's the fact that you've kind of fell out of love because of Mattel, really, haven't you? Yeah, I am... it's not the fact that you fell out of love with the original cartoon or anything like no, that, no, but it's the I toys. Mean, uh, it's just a case of that, and the new comic that came out to do with the uh, Sir Laser Lot was just terrible. Um, I'm sorry, but this the artwork in that was just abysmal. Um, and obviously it's just a case of, you know, like, oh no, you know, let's hope that Spectre doesn't get this. And I go, yawn, even Pixel Land said he didn't really enjoy it. But no, I just thought, you know, going to America and going to WrestleMania have always been two dreams of mine and I thought that you know it's not often that I'm going to get the opportunity to go yeah. so it's a kind of case of right do I want these figures or do I want to go to WrestleMania so yeah. that's why I went right I'll go with these here um, Jeremy Seabolt who does the Back to the 80s podcast which is if you enjoy this go and listen to him yeah, definitely. he bought um, uh, quite a bit off me and Dom is in the process of buying some that are in the spare room that yeah. I need to open for him. So, you know, thanks to eBay and stuff like that, I'm at the grand and a half mark now. I yeah. still have. Um, so you're almost there, effectively. I'm almost, I've got like another. Uh, pretty much soon by the end of Ju- by the end of July, I should be at the two grand mark. So that'll pretty much be your tickets and the flights ready to go. Then? Yeah, and probably a bit of spending money. Spend money yeah. yeah, so. So yeah, so with about nine months to go, Chris will be ready to go. Um, I'm not crazily far behind, but, um, but then now, now with the new job, <coughs> I'll be catching up nicely. Yeah. So that's uh, that's going to be nice. Um, yes, we never broke this to everybody, did we? What? We no longer work together. No. Yeah. Um, you probably have got hints of it in like, the, you know, the E3 special, but I don't work with Chris anymore. So yay. <laughs> Wait, that didn't sound good. It's bliss. I know. I'm sure it is for you. Bliss. Um, but yeah, it was just a case. Although of we did find twenty under you, we did find twenty. <laughs> this is not a joke. We did find twenty quid underneath till four. So technically, you left and you put twenty in. <laughs> I was tidied up and I found twenty quid under the till. Oh, I'm not brilliant. even joking. See, so I was up a tenner, and so was Steve. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. There's my parting gift then. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was just a case of for. We were both so determined for this WrestleMania thing to happen. Chris went so far as to sell his He-Man figures, and I went so far as to leave my comfort zone. By the way, if anyone wants to buy any Master Universe commemorative figures, uh, send me an email at vento316 at gmail.com. I have like about seven of them, and I'll cut you a good deal. That's just low, Chris. What? (laughs) 
trying to flog on the show now. I see you using the RetroShock Twitter feed to try and flog stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like my dad's Lauren Hardy thing yes, that I did today. I saw that today. <laughs> yeah. That'll also give away the day this is getting recorded as well. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway, back to Ghostbusters, everybody. Indeed. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it ran from 86 to 91, so not a bad run for a cartoon TV show. No. Um, especially in comparison to nowadays with the whole Thundercats thing being yeah, an absolute... And like, and like, that's an absolute disgrace. And like, petitions being... And then, obviously, the show we like, The Avengers Earth and Mightiest Heroes, yeah. have been cancelled. Yeah, it's, so it's, it seems to be if you enjoy a TV it's, show, it's that that's I know, and we kind of said we're going back to Ghostbusters here, but again we're going on another tangent. Um, what is it with good TV shows getting cancelled? Seriously, right? Especially Avengers as well. There, like especially around had, the time that the Avengers has come out, you've had the most successful that? film of 2012, more than likely for the rest of 2012 as well. I don't yeah. see Dark Knight hitting it. I don't see Spider Man hitting it, and then there's nothing anywhere particular that would come anywhere halfway close no but um, you know you've had the Avengers which has made well, I can't even remember what it's on now it's well over a billion dollars mm-hmm. this is made um, and then you go and cancel the TV show which everybody has started getting into because the first season was on Netflix the second season was ongoing and then you go and cancel it when you could have probably easily had another season at least yeah. and had people really into it and again then Thundercats simply the fact that the toys aren't getting bought like we said kid shows are designed for toys to get sold we as fans may like them for just the show but again it is just to sell figures but what, one thing I'm wondering is what is going to happen with the turtles then because obviously the turtles are coming back this year um, obviously I think it's around August time I'd say it's it, get them. yeah it's and either August get, or sort of towards the fall we time. don't get them until January yeah. So then you've got the. We will, we will find a way, Chris. <laughs> you've got like the um, TV show, but you've, then you've got the figures as well. Yeah. So obviously they've done the f- like. The f- no, I no. This is the thing. I haven't bought a figure since the Bioshock line, and it kind of just died a death from NECA, mm-hmm. which really annoyed me. But then you've but got. But they're the- going to be the first figures I will be just fully buying. But like. then you've got like the ones that are for the kids, and then you've got the classic line. So mm-hmm. obviously I'll probably end up getting both. You know, <laughs> but the classic line. I think they were going to do a better job of it than they did with than the Thundercats line mm-hmm. because then obviously you had Lionel and Tiger come out and then Boom, they were gone. eight inches and then they brought them down to six inches mm-hmm. and then they were just like that was it. Yeah. So obviously, if you can't decide what size you're making your figures before you actually bring them out, something drastically wrong. But a bit, the Ghostbusters had quite a lot of um, figures because yeah. they had a lot of different ones. Now yeah, I remember, Mattel. I remember my gran. Give me, uh, bought me a figure that I put in the freezer, and whenever I brought <laughs> it out, it was a different color. Awesome! I actually got you, I got you a retro Venkman one. The retro Venkman, yeah. The San Diego one that actually talks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still in its box. Actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the likes of Ecto One, I loved. Um, I've actually got a photo of me and my sister playing with the f- um, the firehouse yeah you know and you could actually pour the slime through it as well <laughs> which was really cool I could only do that outside because it weren't, wasn't allowed to get it on the carpet do you want the window open yes please that would be fantastic I am sort of just a wee bit warm everybody um, but hey um, but I think that's maybe something we should maybe try and do if we get time we're probably not going to have anywhere near the amount of time we think we are on this American trip uh, next year but uh a trip to the Ghostbusters firehouse maybe who knows um, 
But I think yeah, you want to go to Philadelphia as well, which I'm all for. <laughs> but I, I don't know where you're getting all this time for no. in four days. I'm just going to hire like uh, you know, like a jetpack or something. Hire a TARDIS, it'll be easier. Hire a TARDIS, yeah, put yeah. me up, be a lot easier. But yeah, uh, Philadelphia would be good. I'd settle with Philadelphia. But again, like I said, back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, you have the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man does make an appearance because obviously he was the original sort of well, yeah. bad guy. He actually, the first he actually fights Murray Mantis. There's actually a, <laughs> like a, a fight between those two mm-hmm. um, because I think it's something to do with there's something to do with the containment system and Slimer goes in and talks to Stay Puft and then they come out and then he goes and fights Stay Puft. Yeah. It's just really bizarre. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think the other main thing to talk about is the characters looking different. Yeah. Because like obviously e- Egon has different coloured hair. Egon's hair always reminded me like of an ice cream kind of thing. <laughs> just the way it's like curly and stuff. <laughs> obviously, Ray still looks the same when he's got kind of red hair. Yeah. And Venkman looks pretty much the same yeah, as well. Yeah, looks like Venkman. Um, Janine looks pretty much the same yeah. as well although she seems to be sporting Elton John kind of glasses yeah. all the time and Winston's pretty much the same as yeah. well So, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's just kind of Egon was kind of the big one you're just kind of like whoa the hair has completely changed here everybody yeah. um, now don't get me wrong in the Ghostbusters actual movie yeah Egon's hair is kind of puffy and all that sort of stuff yeah. and up but sort of thing you know looking like look, an ice cream's a wee bit yeah it doesn't look as wacky as is a wee bit does. much yeah um, but like you were saying, Slimer's kind of more prominent than this, so much so that was it in, I think it was like was it like two years into it or something, they changed it to Slimer in the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was even more progression towards that, yeah, here kids, look who's meant to be the guy you're looking for, you know. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, seriously guys. Um, but, you know, what was that, like a, a five year run, and then you had extreme Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, five years isn't bad. And like, then obviously you have the IDW comics, which James E. Talk was, there was a whole which, big which campaign thing awesome, like. to do with, um, it wasn't recognised, and they actually came out to him, and I think they, you know, said you need to take this down, and, yeah. um, and uh, then he was back working with, for them and stuff, so, you know, like, I've only read one or two of the comics, but they seem quite good as well, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the characters look a lot different in this. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the one thing, like with um, the likes of the SummerSlam box set or things like that, where you get like all the things in like a big box or like my yeah, 2006 yeah, yeah. thing, they did like a, a Ghostbusters one that was like right. a... Um, like a big box set it was like the Ghostbusters firehouse or whatever yeah and it had all the Ghostbusters things but <clears throat> every time I see it it's like $150 yeah so it was only released in America it wasn't released over here I think they released like some VHS's and then there was like the best of real Ghostbusters seasons 1 and 2 which yeah. is kind of what they did with the Turtles as well because like, they weren't they weren't long ago released like I think it was like what was it like 2008 or something like mm-hmm. that yeah it was like 4 quid so I picked up Settle. Yeah, which isn't bad. Uh, <laughs> just we keep juking everybody just to see at the football at the minute. It's been a pretty rubbish game if we're all totally honest here. Yep. Um not a surprise when it's England. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry English listeners, but it has to be has to be said. Um is there anything else in particular you want to speak about Ghostbusters? I know we've kind of more been tangenting than actually speaking about <laughs> real Ghostbusters, but, but, it's not but this is what happens. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be retro shock if we did <clears> tangent. Um yeah, there's not much I can really else say, you know, apart from just the voice actors were absolutely fantastic in this. Uh, 
the only other f- voice actor to remain with Morris La Marsh was actually Frank Welker. Yeah. Um, who, are, who we all know. It's Megatron. Megatron. Yeah. Um, no, I just remember really enjoying it as a kid. You know, like this, this He-Man, Thundercats, and uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons um, were probably like the top oh, four. By the way, did they get home? Th- no. No? Dungeons and Dragons? No. Because they... They were going to go in another season, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't, and they weren't going to get home. They've had ch- they had chances of getting home, but they never took it. Because I, I remember again, it was another one of these ones that was just ended abruptly. Yep. Why do you abruptly end them? Give them warning so they, they can a tie crap it up. Film with Jimmy Olsen from the um, the Adventures of Lewis and Clark. Yeah, I think this has to be. I think this is going towards being the most tangent going episode of Retroshock here, so I think we can Have try you and keep this up. tangled lately? No, I've been. Uh, seven up free. Seven up freed. Uh-huh. It's, 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 what is it? Is it sugar free? I know it's only four calories. Let me see. Yeah, seven up free. Low calorie lemon and lime flavoured soft drink with sweeteners. Which means sweeteners are bad for you. I'll take a drink. It's alright, thank you. Probably won't even come up on the recording, but nonetheless. Um, so shall we move on? I think so. Okay, we shall move on. Uh, yeah, so um, we'll move on to the interview with Laura Summer, which didn't really go into tangents. Um, so this is actually to That's do with because I wasn't there, so I wasn't tangenting. <laughs> yeah, so this is to do with real Ghostbusters. So if all you people are going, you didn't talk about real Ghostbusters. Um, this is why. <laughs> why are you talking like that for the kickoff? And second <laughs> of all, um, here's the interview with Lois Summer. So enjoy. And what are we going to do after the break? Rogue Squadron time. Okay, Rogue Squadron. What? So come back for one more pass. No. Oh. Yay. No. Okay. See you after the interview, everybody. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vince and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Hello and welcome back from the break. Um, yes, as you would have heard, Alan and I were talking about the real Ghostbusters, and if you listened to our Resident Evil episode, you would have heard a little tease about somebody else who came on the show. Now, as always with Operation Retroshock, we never introduce the guests, we always let the guests introduce themselves and what they pertain to. So, Mr. Guest, if you could please reveal yourself and what you do in the world of entertainment, please. Hi, I'm Laura Summer, and I'm an actor. And what, what, what did you do? Uh, was it a cartoon you voiced? Uh, what, 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 what was that, perchance? Well, the first cartoon I've ever voiced, and the reason why you're talking to me today, was uh, the character of Janine on The Real Ghostbusters. Okay. Laura, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time, especially on a Sunday, um, to sit down and uh, talk to us about the real Ghostbusters. He's thrilled for myself. Um, like I said, um, I'm a big child and just don't seem to grow up. And, you know, uh, the DVDs are brilliant to watch and to uh, relive our youth and stuff like that. So I uh, just mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on the You're show. You're so welcome, Chris. <laughs> Um, okay, the first question I have for you is, how did you get into voice acting? Was it a career choice, or was it something you just enjoyed doing? Well, I, you know, a lot of people enjoy to do certain things, and they don't always get the opportunity to do it professionally. Um, the way I was uh, sort of drafted into the voice business 
was I was in New York and I was doing plays and I got very lucky and started doing a lot of commercials and um, a lot of on-camera commercials. And I started doing some voiceovers from that. And then I came out to Los Angeles and the first audition I was sent on was uh, Janine for Ghostbusters. Okay. And I got it. Uh, was that just how you first learnt about the real Ghostbusters? I mean, had you seen? I had never. I'd seen the movie, mm-hmm. and um, but I was told actually when I auditioned for it, I was they had been looking for a very long time, and I was told not to do an imitation, and I just did it kind of the way I'm talking now. Okay. And then the first day, um, actually getting you know having the job and being with the other actors, they said to me, "Can you do a New York accent?" And, um, of course, that's where I'm from, and I'm from Queens, as Janine is, and so it, that was it. <laughs> okay, perfect fit then. Um, what was the interview process like for the real Ghostbusters? You mean the audition? Yes, yeah. Uh, there is no interview. It's sort of like you went to a studio, they gave you a monologue printed out, um, and uh, for Janine, and it was a telephone, like, hello, Ghostbusters, because oh, they didn't want me to do, hello, Ghostbusters, that came later. Um, <laughs> so I always I love like, whenever people break in the voice, it just gives me The chills. voice, right, yeah. and, um, you know, that's the way my mother still talks, so it's very, very easy for me, but, so it was just sort of a little monologue, like uh, Janine answering the phone, and um, I just did it, and I was just, it was my first uh, time out in Los Angeles, you know, auditioning for an animated series. I didn't know anything about it, really, um, and that was it. Okay. And then I got a phone call, actually, on the weekend and said, uh, you just booked a job that's going to go on for a few years, and that's what happened. Brilliant. Um, so, as we've said, as you've said, The Real Ghostbusters was your first cartoon that you did a voice for. Did yeah. you relish this opportunity? Oh, I was thrilled. I was, I was really, really thrilled. But I didn't really know what I was stepping into. You know, I had no idea who any of the people were the first day of work. Uh, you know, um, I was never a big comic book person or anything like that. Uh, and um, to me, it was just, you know another audition. I really didn't know much until I got into it. Okay. Um, do you remember your first day on the job and what was it like for you? Were you I a bundle do. of nerves or? Yes, I was a bundle of nerves <laughs> and they had um, hired a director that had never, di- I believe had never directed before. It wasn't the director they ended up using after a few episodes. And he kept us there all day and, like, eight hours, which is very, 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 very unusual for a cartoon. Um, But I didn't know that, you know, because commercial would be like that or a movie or something like that. So, but the other people were really mad. And then um, he was later replaced. (laughs) And normally we'd be there for, I think, two or three hours for a a show, and unlike a show I do now, Garfield, they do an episode in an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, really quick. How does it compare working if you're if you're working on Garfield now? How does it compare now between now and then working on the real Ghostbusters? How do the two the compare, or or do they not? Um, well, Garfield's much faster. Um, just and the director is also the writer, Mark Evanier. 
Um, so he can change things if he doesn't like it. So he's right there. <laughs> also, I have the um, honor once again to work with Frank Welker, who was on Real Ghostbusters. And actually, Frank Welker is doing Lorenzo Music's voice because Lorenzo is no longer with us. And Lorenzo was also on Ghostbusters with me. So it's all very, very nice to have Frank doing sounding just like Lorenzo in character as Garfield and then being able to chat with him, um, you know, before and after. And I always uh, sit next to him. Our microphones are next to each other. So it's, it's very nice. Oh, brilliant. Um, what was the typical day like for you at the studio? Um, obviously, you just said there that, you know, in Garfield you record with Mr. Welker. Did you record on your own in the real Ghostbusters? Or no, we all recorded uh, together at Senior Hall. Oh, brilliant. Frank Welker, Lorenzo Music, and Maurice LaMarche. And um, it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And Maurice was always ordering in food, and <laughs> and Arsenio would, uh, would rub his back, and he'd rub my back. And <laughs> it was sometimes you do more than one, you know, episode at one time, so that was nice, too. And um, it was just a lot of fun because the old guys are so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any stories you wish to share with you all working together? Anything that really, you know, whenever you think about your time there, anything that really just pops straight to your... I think about the massages and the food ordering. I do think <laughs> about that. <laughs> and there was always lots of executives because, uh, I guess, from the studio, from the network, from the from the, the producers of the movie, we're also the producers of the cartoon, and... Um, so there was always a lot of suit-type people there as well. And so sometimes it did feel like a lot of pressure, but it was I have very, very good memories. Okay. Um, we well, had a couple of questions in sent in from sure. fans. So um, Jason Duvall from Toy World Order would like to know, how does it feel to have made Janine a cool and empowering character for girls? Well, I love hearing that. I didn't really, really know that. Um, I was always asking them to write more for Janine because sometimes they had a ro- rotation of writers. Different people would be writing, which, of course, I had nothing to do with. But sometimes she would just answer the phone, you know, and then be gone. And, you know, as an actor, you get the same money whether you say, you know, three words or you're there through the whole storyline. And so I was thrilled when they made her an, a ghost, the fifth Ghostbuster. There was an episode, Janine, the fifth Ghostbuster, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't know who the writer was. But when they gave her more to do or she knew things, and sometimes sometimes they would write, the writers would write about Manhattan and where they were, supposed to be in New York City, which is Manhattan, and they would have street names wrong or you know, 15th <laughs> Avenue, and there's no 15th Avenue, and I'd say, hey, guys, you know, I'm from here, and, and there's no there's no 15th Avenue in New York City, so I would have to tell them. And um, um, so I think that they started writing for me because, you know, uh, actually Janine looked a lot like me a little bit. I'm a redhead, and I had punky glasses, and I was... Uh, it was like my first job when I came out here, so it was definitely young, and um, so um, I'm thrilled to hear that. Okay. Um, good friend Ben Harder um, would like to know if you were aware that Ernie Hudson, who obviously played um, Winston in the live-action film, applied to do the voice of Winston, and he didn't get it. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? 
No thoughts. <laughs> I have no <laughs> awareness of that. I think, didn't he do it later on when it was when Arsenio and I and Lorenzo were no longer on I the don't, show? I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, yeah. I didn't no, do I know thoughts research, because so. <laughs> I didn't. You're not aware of that kind of. At least, I mean, certain actors might be, but I certainly wasn't. I mean, I was playing with the big boys, and I was thrilled to be there. And um, you know. Um, you know, people said, "Oh, I was doing like Annie Potts," and but I really wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. I I was cast talking like I am now, and then once they wanted a New York accent, I just sort of mimicked my mother. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, of course, you were the original Janine on the Real Ghostbusters. Did you actually pay any attention to the show once you'd left? And if you did, what did you think of the job that the other people did? When you I didn't that? pay any attention to it. I'd seen how they um, changed the the look of the character because it was in the Los Angeles Times and the entertainment section on the cover about how ABC was caving to pressure that the cartoon that Saturday morning programming in general was too trashy. And there were some standards and practices put in place for a short time. I mean, that's what happened. And I have later come to connect with, um, oh, Joe. Oh, 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 his last name escapes me. He's a huge producer. He wrote uh, many features now and a lot of sci-fi, and he was one of the original producers of Ghostbusters, and he was like, I would love to work with you again, and this is, you know, 20 years later. I was so upset when all that happened. You embodied Janine for me, and um, so that was all very, very nice. Oh, but no, I I had I moved on to other things. Okay, no problem. What was the hardest part of being the voice of Janine for yourself? Um, let's see. Uh, the hardest part? There was mm-hmm. no hard part. <laughs> it was all great. Okay, what was the most fun part of being the voice of Janine then? Um, having a steady job. You know, that for an actor is just such a wonderful thing. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, obviously, you've talked about, you know, yourself, um, you know, Janine being a cool, empowering character for girls. Uh, so what was your own favorite personal contribution to the show? Was it something that you said, I don't think Janine would say that, I think she would say this? Or, you know, as you said about, you know, I used to live there, there's no 15th Avenue, that's all yeah, there. Right. You know, what would be your first, your favorite personal My contribution? personal, con- I guess, you know, knowing New York City and none of the people there were from New York, nobody, none of the cast and not the director, and not the producer, and so I felt like I was the New York expert. <laughs> but, you know, just, but it, it would only happen occasionally now. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, once in a while, there'd just be a reference that just didn't, and, and I was certainly allowed to speak up, you know, and just say, hey, you know. Uh, but, you know, these things are not quite community where everybody gets to put their two cents in. I mean, it's definitely... As actors, we're there to do a job and to voice, you know, the character and bring it to life and um, make it exciting to, you know, hear and watch. Okay. 
Um, obviously, you said that you know you work with all the guys very closely, uh, giving you food and giving massages. That's all fine. But if you had to pick one particular character on the show you enjoyed the voice of due to the due to the actor portraying them, who would it be? Now you can only pick one. You can't unfortunately pick all four of them. So which one would you pick? I don't understand the question. You mean? If- if you had to pick, like, uh, Frank Welker or Martial Noir... You or, mean the actor, personally, yeah, or yeah, his, if you, his if talent? You, if you had to pick them for their voice they did on the show, you know, if it was, there was a voice you Well, just, you know, they, we all did other voices that weren't the main characters as well. Did you realize that? Uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people who would do that. Was there one, uh, like, a, even a minor character that you, you enjoyed the voice for? Well, no, it's sort of like um, Frank Welker was amazing in terms of his versatility, mm-hmm. and he would, you can do up to three characters on a show, and you pay the same amount, so they would always try to get everybody to do, you know, three before they would bring in, you know, an extra girl or an extra guy or, you know, a guest star. Okay. So Frank was quite, so versatile, and I'd never... Um, I mean, he still is. <laughs> I never uh, witnessed anything like that. I mean, you could say, Frank, you're a babbling brook coming down the mountain, and, you know, he would voice that. But I loved everyone. I mean, you know, Lorenzo did his own voice, but he was such a master of that. I mean, and I totally enjoyed that. Maurice LaMarche is incredibly versatile as well a lot of different characters and of course has done some amazing things since then and um, you know um, uh, <laughs> who did I leave out I left our senior hall. Um, hall and I remember one time going to dinner at um, at uh, Lorenzo's house and it was like a cast dinner and our senior couldn't make it and they said oh he's in some big meetings over at the Fox, and um, and then of course, then he started doing his late night talk show. Oh. Um, but you know, it was all hush hush up at the time. So, <laughs> okay, uh, you mentioned earlier on about Janine, the fifth Ghostbuster. Would that be your favorite episode because of the title and the way Janine is the fifth Ghostbuster, or would there be another one that would um, stand out for yourself? Uh, well, I remember that. Um, it was, you know, fantastic because I was, I had most of the lines. I had the, the, the whole thrust of the story, and it was wonderful. But I also enjoyed, you know, um, the, uh, Janine was always trying to get Egon, you know, to be her steady boyfriend. And I always really, really, really enjoyed <laughs> those episodes. <laughs> Uh, okay. The shows were, of course, released on DVD as well as being re-shown on TV. What did you think about bringing these out for the fans who enjoyed it, like myself and the youth? And also, um, to you know, if people had actually grown up and then showing it to their children, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, I just think it's wonderful. It's just, it's just really, really fun, and um, it's really, uh, it's really, really nice that the stories are still fresh and that people are enjoying them and the cartoons and the, some of the writing was just really, really great. Okay. 
Okay. Um, obviously, with it coming out in DVDs, you know, like with a lot of DVD sets, you have um, extra features. Um, so you were interviewed by Mr. James E. Talk, friend of the show. Um, what was it like to relive, you know, going through some very, very, um, I'm sure, very good and tough questions to do with the real Ghostbusters and then being shown the DVD? What were your thoughts on that? Well, I wasn't sure I wanted to actually do it when I got the call, and then I thought, you know, I can do it. I hadn't really thought, you know, I'd moved on to other things and done a lot of work since then. And um, so, but it was a terrific experience having met James Edock, um from Serial Geek Magazine. He was there, and he was just so, I think he called me, and I just, he was just so persuasive over the phone that I thought, oh, I've got to do this. You know, he's like, I only agreed to do this because I heard you were going to be there, and I'm such a fan, and um, and I thought, oh, I've got to go meet this man. Uh, how wonderful. <laughs> I agreed to do it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, to talk about Mr. E-Talk again, what do you think of people still having a fond place in their heart about the real Ghostbusters and are writing memories about it or doing fantastic illustrations in the likes of James E-Talk Serial Geek magazine, as an example? It's amazing. It's just wonderful. When I was at the Comic-Con in San Diego, which I guess is the biggest of all the Comic-Cons uh, yeah. globally, uh, this last summer, I saw they had done little figures of, um, I don't know what they're called, but they're little action figures of, um, and they had a Janine, and it was just great. And I would say to the guy, hey, I'm Laura Summer, I'm with the original Janine, and he was like, you're kidding. You know, because I was just walking by, it wasn't anything, I just happened to see the, the booth, so it was really fun. Okay. Um, were you there just as a spectator, or were you there for any other reason? No, I was doing a panel uh, with for voice actors um, with uh, that Mark Evanier runs about, who's the director of Garfield. Always has like twelve to fourteen panels every summer at the Comic Con in San Diego. Wow. So and what was that? What was that like for an experience for you? Was that the first time you'd been to a convention, or you'd been to one? No, I'd before? been there before, and um, I've done a panel before. I did it, I think, about uh, ten years prior, and I just didn't realize that people expect. I'd never gone, and the first time I didn't realize that people wanted you to do the voices and <laughs> the characters, and and I don't consider myself. You know, I'm, I'm consider myself an actor, so I don't consider like, oh, I do a million voices. It always comes out of the character, and so I didn't like kind of get that. And then, of course, the last time I did it, I totally knew that I had to break out and be Janine, or I had to go do the, the twins on Garfield, or you know, talk about memories of you know the first commercial I ever did with Luciano Pavarotti or, you know, things like that. Name drop, really, which is yeah. hard. But uh, when you're not, you know, it's things to be very humble and all that. But that's what the fans want to hear about, and they want to, you know, hear the characters. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, while working on The Real Ghostbusters, was there anything, looking back at it now, you would have done differently, or were you happy with um, how, it's, how it's gone for you? Um, would I have done anything differently in the acting? No, my act. You know, when I when I watch it, I go, "Oh wow, I was really good. I did a great job." 
Yes, I would totally agree with you there. Uh, <laughs> does it surprise you um, that, you know, obviously being at the likes of Comic-Con or being invited in the likes of podcasts and things like that, does it still surprise you that so many years on the show is still remembered so fondly? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I just, um, I know that, you know, doing Garfield, and Garfield has been on the air for years and years, you know. Uh, I guess they hadn't done a series in 18 years, and it just started up again. And my director always says, oh, these shows will be running long after you're gone. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of the, the way the business goes. Um, if you're lucky enough to do something of quality, and the real Ghostbusters certainly had you know, wonderful actors and writers and a wonderful director and, um, you know, so it has stood the test of time. Okay. Um, okay. What is your favorite memory of the real Ghostbusters experience? Would it be the people you work with? Um, would it be like um, just something, you know, that you enjoy going to work every day? What would be your favorite memory? Well, you don't work every day, so it's just they don't put out that much product. It would be, you know, once a week or something like that. Um, it's wonderful. I think just like now I am have some steady gigs, and I think that's the thing for an actor because you do the job and it's over. So any any series or any um, show that you're invited back on and have some kind of steady work is just... It's one of those things, Chris, where you get to breathe and relax and enjoy the job, and you're not like, oh, my God, I, I'm here for the day, and then I'll be looking for work the next day, because that is the life of most actors, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, having, um, knowing that I'd be, you know, doing this for, you know, um, 78 episodes was really, really fantastic. So that was a wonderful feeling. Okay. The real Ghostbusters at Garfield are two of the things that have um, stood the test of time. If you were to have a time machine um, and you could pick one TV show, either live action or animation, that you could appear on, what would it be and why? Oh, that I could be on now. And um, Well, I just saw, and it was the second time I saw it, my thought at home was Bridesmaids, and I thought, oh, wow, I wish I was in that movie. I thought the women were so fantastic, and it's made, I think it's made more money than any female comedy to date, and I thought, wow, and they were just so right on the money. You know, it's broad, but it's real, and it's funny, and it's smart, and I thought, I, thought I would have loved to have been on this. Okay. Um, do you have a message for your loyal fans? A message? Like what? What do people say when you ask them that? Uh, thank you for your support. Um, <laughs> I'm really humble. I, I don't know. Um, just like <laughs> something, something from the heart is always the best thing to go for. Oh, okay. Well, I certainly appreciate all the fans, and I've gotten fan, you know, mail, and people are always asking for signed pictures of Janine, which I do not have, so please do not write me and ask for that. It's oh, like I was going to do given, that myself. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I was given, I was given a cell at the time, and you know, which is kind of funny, because I asked Garfield, I said, oh, could I have a cell of the twins? And he goes, we don't have cells. It's all 3D, 2D, and 3D. There's no cells. So. Um, <laughs> but um, I, so I was never given anything to, you know, I guess I, 
you know, to, to have like that. And um, but I, it's so lovely to hear from people and um, to know that you know uh, you're thought of highly and that you know uh, people loved what you did. That's always terrific. Okay. And my last question for you, Laura, is how can fans keep up to date with what Laura Summer is doing, either acting or just um, if you have a blog or something like that? Anything you would like to promote, Laura? Please feel free to do so. Well, I have a very basic kind of website, laurasummer.net, and um, which has clips of different things. And um, but I guess I I um, kind of just get do the job, get the job, do the job, go on to the next job, and and um, you know I'm not I, I get a little shy about um, <laughs> publicizing things, but I really did enjoy doing the Comic-Con, and I'd love to do more. So um, if you're in a city that has a Comic-Con, I, I know that sometimes they'll ask who you'd like to come. You know, ask them to get me, and I'll fly there and be there and do panels and sign autographs, and that would be fun. Brilliant. Laura, thank you so much. It's been a true honor and pleasure to sit down and talk to yourself. Just thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Just thanks once again. You're very welcome, Chris. Lovely to meet you. Okay. Uh, and as Janine say- would say, thanks, Chris. You're a real ghostbuster. That's me and my night now. Join us <laughs> after the break. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty? I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always? (laughs) Alrighty then. We're doomed. We're doomed? May the Force be with you. Is that right, Ewan? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. No, not only hope, because there's others. These aren't the droids you're looking for. But there are no droids here. I bloody well hope not. Don't make me destroy you. Alrighty. Hello, guys. I hope Vader doesn't talk like that. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. I was about to say, uh, Jabba sounds a wee bit like a uh, perverted Santa Claus. He agrees. And so does he. So does he. Okay, come on. Come ease off the sound effects now. 
you're, you're just busting everybody's earlobes. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. It's okay, don't you worry about it. I will worry about it. Why? Because I just do. No. Fine. Right, Chris. Yes. Star Wars. Hey, you cheeky tit! <laughs> oh, no. Right, well, if he's here, we're going to have to put Hacksaw Jim Duggan in somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to have all the people up here. Yeah. Um, from this here. Did you I not, have did sponsors you who will walk away like that if they get a sniff of VD. <laughs> did you not notice that Hacksaw... Sounds like she's being touched on a bus. <laughs> Can I talk? <laughs> yeah, sure. For two seconds? Did you not notice that Hacksaw was in the Avengers special? No. Yeah, I just... Decided to randomly slip him in there somewhere to see if anybody noticed, and I don't think anybody has, which is quite funny. Now, if you told me 25 years ago that I was going to be talking about rigid inflatable hulls with uh, Dale Winton, I would probably have spat at you. And where did the PG rating for this go, Chris? Have we just. I reckon you know is it, is it just exploded for episode 50 yeah, I'm here? I'm trying to find the. Uh... Oh, there we go. I try to maintain a healthy anus. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> Can we go on, please? Fourth, it's Maris. In third, is Pied of Hamlin. Uh, second, it's Billy. But your favourite piper, it seems, is Bag. I'm surprised. I uh, I thought it would be a slam dunk for Billy in the Piper Pole. Oh, Rolly Pepper, you say? Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I actually saw a video today. It was actually quite cool. Speaking of slam dunks, um, it was at this sort of basketball event. Slam jam. Uh, no, it wasn't Slam Jam. Uh, at a basketball event, and uh, the way for like over here uh, at the ice hockey, they do like a uh, shoot for the loot sort of thing. If you can get the puck through like a tiny cutout of cardboard in and into the net, you win five thousand um, pounds. You know, so they bring members of the public on. You do that in the states. There was this sort of one for basketball, um, and had now. Don't take this the way you may think I'm meaning this but there's three white dudes and an African American fella and basically what they had to do is they had to copy the team mascot run hit the trampoline and do a slam dunk so the mascot demonstrates off to go the three white dudes fall flat on their face and then the African American fella starts you know he starts you know joking about and he pulls out his mobile and he's talking on the mobile this is even more tangenting we're really living up to it today on the show um and he's talking away, and the guy who's the MC is coming like, you know, come on, man, focus, focus. And he's like, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking to the girl I'm on a date with up here. And the MC thinks he's just taking the Mickey now, you know, sort of thing for wasting time. And the guy takes the basketball, keeps the phone to his ear, runs to the trampoline, bounces on the trampoline, does a front flip, and slam dunks the basketball still on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, the MC just explodes. The guy then puts the mobile phone in his pocket, leaves the basketball behind, does front flips but at the same time lets his t-shirt roll down his arms and as he front flips lets the t-shirt come off as well so it was it was quite hilarious that was a flipping weird tangent I'm sorry but just the slam dunks thing made me have to talk about it <laughs> and we're about four minutes into the recording and we haven't even talked about the subject matter what's true about it sir? well it's a nickname isn't it <laughs> so yes uh, we're going to talk about Rogue Squadron as Chris steals the Iron Man 3D glasses. They're warm. It's because they're on top of the computer, that's why. Uh. <laughs> anyway, Rogue Squadron 2. Rogue Leader is in this ah. one. This one's Rogue Leader. I know it's you have to close them a certain way. That way. I don't like them. Ah. <laughs> Not a broken. So, Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron 2 for GameCube. This was a launch title. Yep. 
That was so my was. first game on GameCube. It was one of my first two as well. Yeah. And look on the Hello, back. Hello, Luca. And look on the back. Actual in-game screens. And it says here, actual in-game screens as well. Obviously, this is a running thing with the Star Wars games. Like, Two player cooperative version of Rogue Leader game included on Rebel D- Strike Disc. Ooh. So there you go, we had two player. And in this one... Looky, looky. I know. The voice of the original Wedge Antilles, Ewan Dennis McGregor's Lawson. uncle. Ewan McGregor's uncle. Who, when you... If you've got the Blu-ray for the Star Wars movies... Uh, you saw in an extra him filming a scene in the X-Wing obviously going down you know either I can't remember whether it was from Return of the Jedi or you know from uh, New Hope or whatever but it was a scene in the X-Wing and he's talking away and he literally does not sound like the Wedge in (laughs) the movie you don't know whether it's because it's maybe the bad sound or anything like that but it was just like he doesn't sound like Wedge I was like yeah <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We just saw the tra- the transfer. The, sub- <laughs> yeah. the substitution England have made in extra time here against Italy. There, we've just completely gave it away. Uh, Scott Parker for Jordan Henderson. Awesome, great decision there. Yeah, don't bring on to me in the film. See, the thing. Sorry, everybody. There's a free kick about to happen that they're probably going to mess up here. Here we go, free kick. Oh my lord! Don't. No, the flag's up. It's done. Bye. And they still didn't get it in the net. Okay. Anyway, back to Star Wars. Um. Right, what can we remember about this first one, apart from obviously it's the fact of one of our first games on GameCube. Uh, simple fact, the original uh, Rogue Squadron, was it on the SNES? Was it the SNES it was on, or was it uh, on the 64? You're thinking about Shadows of the Empire on the N64? The one the you started off was on the 64, yes, yeah. that's the one. Shadows of the Empire. I remember having played that in the 64, loving it, and basically when I saw this was coming out on GameCube, I was like, I must have it. <laughs> sort of thing. It is a fantastic game, you know. Literally, it's kind of the stuff that anybody that wants a Star Wars game kind of wanted at the time. You kind of we're not at the stage now where we're kind of like we want to be a badass in the Star Wars universe. Sort of Star Wars Force Unleashed kind of got her hopes up by that one and then dashed it in the second one. Ugh. Um, and now we've got Star Wars thirteen thirteen looking extremely promising. Oh, I just wish it would bring out Star Wars Battlefront three. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it. Sadly, Chris. Uh. I know life's not worth living no more (laughs) life's not worth living no more Um, but yes this was pretty awesome because you have Cloud City you have obviously the Death Star Trench you have Hoth etc etc yeah Death Star Trench obviously looking a lot better than the Vectrix graphics on the Star Wars thing that um, came out Um, just looks a heck of a lot it's a lot trickier because you, yeah. you have to go up and down and yeah. um But I remember I could just I remember I could just play that level over and over again. Yeah, also good eye, yeah. It's um, just because you're like, I'm going down the Death Star Trench, this is yeah. awesome. Uh, Chris, don't get distracted, it's only Bal- it's only Balotelli. Smelly Valley. Smelly Valley. But I'll just read the back of the box here. Awesome cinegram Cine- oh, <laughs> I failed on the second <laughs> word. Awesome cinematic graphics. Don't take it off me. Awesome cinematic graphics and intense action packed gameplay. Put you in the movies. Me. You in the movies. No way. B Luke Skywalker or Wedge Antilles and fly your choice of X Wings, B Wings, Y Wings. Oh, you porkins. Quadruple Wings. Uh, B Wings, and I've already said B Wings. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to be smart arse there. Um, snow Speeders and more. B Things. 11 plus heroic missions send you to Hoth, Cloud City, the Death Star, and other legendary Star Wars locales. Locales. That's, <laughs> that's a bit of a weird one. Location is better. One flies Millennium Vulcan. Yep, and then and one of them you can put in a cheat and you can fly as a Tie Fighter. Yeah, I think it's that one. 
because I remember that, that one. I remember that because it was like the Tie Fighter was hid behind like the Millennium Vulcan yeah. in the in the dock, which was yeah. pretty awesome. It is it is a fantastic game. It is so addictive. It's something that I think I may have to go back and hook out um, at some stage. But it's it's still a great game to this day. There's nothing I would particularly say is weak about it. No. It's an enjoyable game. You could nearly say the thing maybe that would let I it down is yes, you have eleven levels and it might just be a wee bit short. At I times. think it'd be the targeting system as well. Yeah. Um, I think that was more annoying. Um, I like the views that you could have the view outside or you could have the view inside. You yeah. Know, very much like Star Fox. And obviously with Rebel Strike Rogue Squadron 3, uh, strike against evil empire, battle your way through the classic Star Wars trilogy in cinematically real and intense arcade action. You are the rebellion's last hope. So, um, climb out of your cockpit and battle the empire on foot as Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and other classic Star Wars heroes. Save the rebellion from Imperial troopers while riding speeder bikes, tauntauns and more. A multiplayer game includes rampage, tag and defend, as well as challenging. Can you do drive? Tri- can you do drive bys on the Tauntaun? Mm, no, I don't think so. That's just no. I don't like that anymore. Then it's not GTA. G- Star GTA Wars. Star Wars. That yeah. would be an epic combo. Uh, but who would shoot first, though? You or Greedo? Me. Because no. I is like proper original Han Solo man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much hands on rather than Han Solo. Speaking of which, kind of while we're talking about Star Wars, let's go on another tangent, shall we? Uh, the video that you sent me mm-hmm. not so long ago, the well, just explain everybody again. It kind of harks back to us speaking about Ghostbusters. Morris Lamarche was in there. You had Billy West, and there is the voice of Bubbles, and of course Bender was involved. Uh, DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, and uh, obviously you had Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Raphael. Yep, yep. exactly. Um, all these guys sat down. I think it was a Seattle. Was it like in Seattle, the Comic Con? I can't remember yeah. the name of the Comic Con, but it was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all sat down, I think it was two nights back to back, and read scenes from Star Wars. Um, and some of this stuff was fantastic. Like, I yeah. think it was, um, <laughs> I think it was, uh, the one that cracked me up was Billy West doing uh, Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up, and I think it was the professor was having a chat with somebody. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't who, remember who it was, was. but it was. What? Yeah, but no, that was that was really good to see the likes of Star Wars done with all these different voices. Like you, had Morris Lamarche, obviously he did Inspector Gadget, he did Brain, he did uh, Kiff, he also did Brannigan. Yeah, and Calculon. And Calculon. Well, he didn't do Brannigan. Uh, John or. But no, sorry, he did. Billy West did. Morris Lamarche does what you call him, uh, Hinduism bot. You're the one that's always mm-hmm. on like the chaise lawn needing the yeah. grapes and stuff like that. But then obviously Billy West did Zoidberg as well yeah. and Fry Professor and stuff like that. And uh, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, and then obviously John DiMaggio obviously did Bender and that was quite popular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. An Aquaman. Yeah, an Aquaman. That was pretty sweet. Um, you had Pinky and the Brain in there as well. Like we say, you had Bubbles. Bubbles as Darth Vader was quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just had to kind of put that in there because it was pretty awesome. Um it's going to be interesting, like with you know. Obviously, this was the time kind of Lucas Arts was kind of really kicking it off, um, with their own games. Kind of obviously that had you know a few minor ones before yeah, this, yeah, like Grim Fandango and all that kind of stuff. But you know, to see where they've kind of got to now, and the fact of where this, you weren't. I'm not going to say these games, like the Rogue Squadron games, weren't graphically impressive because at the time, yeah, they were pretty impressive. Yeah. But to see the likes of what's coming from Star Wars thirteen thirteen, um, 
is going to be pretty awesome. It's not something you kind of would have expected from LucasArts. No. Because, you know, LucasArts, you're just like, sure, they were involved with the in- Indiana Jones Lego game and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And, yeah. You know, it's not... Yeah. You know, it's not graphically impressive. It's well, it's not designed to be really. Um, but to see where LucasArts is going is pretty awesome. But um, no, these are definitely games you can play over and over again. Um, uh, obviously, there there was a couple of didn't they do like arcade versions of these as well? Didn't yeah, they? the Star Wars arcade where you had like a joystick and there was um, certain things like you had the Jedi, you had to fight Boba Fett, so you like mm. you were on. Uh, the seal barge and he was shooting and it would actually have arrows pointing so red arrow and then whenever you did a green arrow if you mm-hmm. pointed it up it would deflect off the lightsaber yeah. and hit him and then you obviously had like a, a fight at the end with Vader so I actually completed it and got the rank of commander oh very so nice so you were commander Vent that is correct <laughs> um, so there wasn't a trap or anything like that no no there wasn't it's a trap or anything like that no uh, there's again sort of semi-tangent I know we're going mad today everybody but we have to get everything in um, there's a uh, channel on uh, YouTube you may have seen it recently with the Avengers it's how it should have ended uh, they did one for uh, Return of the Jedi they've done one for all the Star Wars but they did one for Return of the Jedi I really need to go pee okay um, <laughs> why is the football getting that worrying for you? no I just drank a hell of a lot of water today you shouldn't have drank as much See, so again, everybody, it wouldn't be uh, a special episode of Retroshock uh, where Chris doesn't really leave me on my own. Um, he probably can't even hear me at this stage anyway. But, alas, um, what I was going to say about the uh, how it should have ended is that they did stuff for Return of the Jedi and they have the scene where they're getting ready for to go in the final assault and uh, they're all talking about, oh, are you, are you sure it's not a trap? And they're like, yeah, of course it's not a trap. And then uh, a certain somebody uh, makes an appearance. Uh, <laughs> it is it is quite funny. Um, I shall hold back the punchline here because Chris is almost back. Chris, you're almost back. Huh? You're almost back? Yep. It's okay. I don't want to do punchline without you. It's not very fair if I don't do punchline without him because it's kind of originally started the story for him. You're making the people wait. It's not that bad. He's so so annoying. When he hears this, he is going to kick me. But hey, nonetheless, it's okay. But you ready? What? I said bad things about you to the listeners. <laughs> it's quite funny. But anyway, um, I'll quickly repeat myself. Um, in how it should have ended, they're in the scene where basically they're about to do the final assault. You know, the way obviously Luke and Han and all go off and do their own thing, and then the uh, the bar and stuff. But the the sort of normal sort of trips. They all the go together, so they don't go off and do their own stuff. Their own stuff. I don't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> they're all together. But talk- no, but I'm talking about like the cronies on the ship. They're just talking about. Are you sure? Are you sure this isn't going to be like a trap or anything like that? And then Akmar, Akbar just pops his head and he says, "Why does everybody have to think it's a trap?" You know, it's kind of pretty cool. I think you have to watch it really to understand. I waited a long time to hear that. So you broke the stream of things because you woke you, you woke away. You walked away. <laughs> woke away. You walked away. I was taking the urine, son. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
This is so mad. This episode. I think it's harking back to episode fourteen, which is yeah. probably and there's been there's literally been no sweets involved in this at all. No. Chris has had some steak flavored uh, potato chips, as the Americans say. <laughs> yeah, potato um, chips. But that's about the height of it. There's been literally no sweets involved in this episode. But hey, we're enjoying ourselves. Um, is there anything else in particular we want to talk about when it comes to Star Wars uh, Rogue Squadron? I just think that was quite revolutionary. Um, I think this was probably around the time that they started making good Star Wars games because obviously in the PS1 you had the Masters of Terrace Cathy or whatever it's called, which was a fighting game, which was god awful. And then obviously Star Wars um, Battlefront was like the Xbox, and then you had Star Wars Force Unleashed, which the first one was good, second yeah. one you and I were waiting, anticipating, and then played it and completed it in the afternoon. Yeah, and I was like, seriously, has this finished? Yeah. You kind of think to yourself, oh, this is going to be like the halfway sort of boss battle with Vader where you get to a point and then he'll sneakily get away and then off yeah. we'll continue again with the rest of the game. Yeah. And it ended, and you're like, oh, right, okay. And like, yeah, 30 quid down the train. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, as England mess up another chance. Um, oh. we'll, kind of, we'll kind of do a semi ORS reviews here. What would you rate these? Uh, one. You're talking rubbish. <laughs> what would you honestly I'd rate them? I'd probably rate them a. At the time, whenever I played that, I loved it and yeah. would rate a nine. Probably nine in this current day and age, probably seven. Yeah, I would probably I would agree. Uh, Rogue uh, Squadron 2 definitely was a nine. Um, it, but yeah, it does drop down a bit now. Um, when it comes to when it originally came out, uh, a lot of the uh, other uh, magazines and stuff, and our good friends, the Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, they agreed with us. They gave it a nine out of ten. So our good friends did agree with us. Games, Gamespot so went so far as to give it a nine point four. Oh my god! They were really enamoured with it. And then IGN, the guys where you literally cannot take a single game review from seriously because they're bought out by all the companies. Oh, I went there. Uh, gave it a nine point one. Um, IGN, the same company that says uh, Call of Duty is an absolute masterpiece in gaming, <laughs> yet then calls something that actually is a masterpiece absolute tripe. I'm not going to name names. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Star Wars. Um, so we shall go to a break, and then we shall come back, and we shall talk about The Expendables, and no doubt have millions of more tangents <laughs> yeah. it's going to be ORS 50 the tangent tongue tied twister say that five times quickly tongue tied there we go we've lost it everybody oh. see you after the break four expendables and more tangents hey guys Dave and Duvall here we wanted to wish you guys a uh, congratulations on hitting 50 episodes on Operation right. Retroshock. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. What, what do you give somebody for the 50th anniversary? I think that's gold, actually. Gold? You guys aren't getting no gold. Are you? No. I'm not giving you guys gold. No. I mean, I like the show. I like I like the one where you did the thing with the guy. Do you think we could color, like, get a, get a, get a page of, like, an old ladies coloring book and just color it all gold and send it to him and go, here's your anniversary present. Wow, it's that's a weirdly specific. Well, they're, it's Operation Retroshock. That's okay. what they do. Okay. I mean, you, you don't think that'll work? Sure. I think it'll work. Okay. Maybe I'll do that. I'll fax it. You fax it. I'll fax it. I'm not sending it to them. They're overseas. That's okay. money. It costs a lot of money. Shipping. Anyway, guys, congratulations to your uh, success in hitting 50 episodes, and here's to 50, 50 more. more. But if they're Operation Retroshock, wouldn't they, to, to do 50, wouldn't they have to go back and do 50 more in the past, because they're retro, and wouldn't that have to why, be like, wouldn't that have do, to be a vintage show? Why do this? Why you do this? At the end of the day. Well, I'm just wondering, though. It's just a question I've had in my head. Would that work? Sure. Okay, okay. They 
are the world's greatest mercenaries. The only life they've ever known is war. The only loyalty they've ever had is to each other. Drop your guns! Let the four on the left. Why don't you take the two on the right and leave the rest? You're not that fast anymore. Oh, here we go. The only thing faster is... Light. Exactly. We'll see. Three pieces of work. Two will walk in the park, one to hell and back. So, we are working for the agency. I gotta recon this island first. The only thing you need to know is the job's real and the money's real. Give this job to my friend here. He loves playing in the jungle. Right? Right. It's his problem. Who's that the contact? Follow me, please. People who fight back are killed. Now you have a dying place. Maybe you can help. I don't think so. How you I'd leave. What's wrong with this picture? Everything. We don't have the manpower, the firepower, we'd be dead in the water. Great. They got a small army. What do we got? Four and a half men. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, it's not easy being your friend. We will kill this American disease. I promise myself, I'm gonna die for something that counts. People live for terrible times, but you must believe you can survive. Ten seconds, you won't believe what's gonna happen. What happened to you? I got my ass kicked. Bring it back. Do 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 do. Because Sylvester Sloan was in Rocky and he is in Expendables. That was a brilliant bring back from the uh, commercial break there, Chris. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. I do what I can with the means that I'm given. In other words, just your voice? Yep. Okay, fair enough. So, yes, everybody, Expendables from the year 2010. Oh wait, that's not retro. Oh wait, it is. It's in the past. It is in the past. It's not particularly retro, but it is a hark back to the ways of the likes of the eighties and the fourth and the diehards and stuff like that. It's action central. Um, as I put on my fancy radio voice, you are on ninety-seven point two Retro Shock FM. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, how are you? I'm very well. Oh no, just quaint. I'm Detective John Kimball. No, not in this movie, or not. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? We've already had this conversation. Stop whining! Not whining. I'm a cop, you idiot! Okay. No deal. No no deal, okay. Affirmative. Okay. Can't. Get your mother, please. <laughs> no. One of us is in deep trouble. Not me, I hope. Whatever your name is. Get ready for the big surprise. I've already had my surprises. Birthday show, I've already had peasants. I swear I will not kill anyone. You better not. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach! <laughs> okay. I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. Alright, okay. Can we go now? No. 
Where is it? Uh, waiting. I ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Don't talk back. <laughs> I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. Goodbye, Arnold. I would like to talk to you about Thomas Aquinas. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever floats your boat, like. Alien would take good care of you. We'll take good care of you. Okay, can we go? Yep. Someone in my house eating my birthday cake with my family. <laughs> okay, right, everyone. Eating your birthday cake, Alan? Better not be eating my birthday cake. I slap him across face. Probably hurt me more than it hurt Stop him. whining. Probably hurt me more than it hurts him because it's Probably Arnold. Be iron jaw. So, shall we reel off everybody that's in this movie? Yeah, well. Yeah, sure. okay. Make it a three hour episode. Sylvester Stallone is the obvious one. The absolutely fantastic world class actor that is Jason Statham. <laughs> as Chris nearly chokes on his water. Uh, Jet Li um, as Yin Yang. Um, Dolph Lundgren. Wait, I've seen him somewhere before. Oh, I do not know. Oh, oh, we, we power. Oh, the power. And uh, if he dies, he dies. That's correct. Um, Randy Couture, who is a UFC fighter. Um, Terry Crews, who is just known as the big African-American fellow in a lot of movies that, uh, if you remember, is in, in he, White Chicks that he does his chest pumping about like Chris Masters. He also plays Chris Rock's dad and everybody hates Chris. Yes, that as well. And he is also in, you will remember if you've watched Click with Adam Sandler, um, he is in the car miming along to, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Yeah, yeah don't talk back. No, not that, that. one. Uh, but yes, um, then there is Mickey Rourke because this was kind of the this was kind of Mickey Rourke's next movie um, after the wrestler, and this was you know kind of it, this and Iron Man were kind of his next movies. Oh, he's rubbish in Iron Man. Uh, it was a bit of a disappointment. Um, but then after that, we have um, sort of Stone Cold Steve Austin involved, mm-hmm. um, and Stone Cold plays bad guy. No way. Stone Cold's bad guy. He's actual bad guy. He's playing the heel. He flips people off and all. Indeed, he does. So yeah, those are kind of the main guys. Um, there is two others that kind of make a sneaky appearance in this. Uh, Van Damme, Chuck Norris. No, they're number two. <laughs> oh, you were saying they're poop. They're <laughs> <laughs> number two. <laughs> oh, you're a very funny man. Um, there are two others that make an appearance. A certain Richard Bruce Willis. Gere. No, he's not. Yes. He's not an action. He star. was going to play John McLean Die Hard. And that would have been terrible. Um, but yes, uh, the other two are Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold! Um, but they have very minor parts in this movie. Yes. Um, when it comes to us, um, I'm trying to remember, when did we first see this? Was this we saw this, I think, Julie's, yeah. and uh, just. I don't think we paid much attention because we ended up talking a lot of it. But we yeah. did, you know, we got the gist of the film sort of thing. We paid attention for the likes of when Lundgren was on screen and all that sort of stuff because it was like, oh, there's Dolph Lundgren. Uh, <laughs> um, he actually had a really cool character in this movie. Yeah, in my opinion, he was sort of the guy that you're like, he's at the start, he's a good guy that you kind of can't keep control of because he just wants to kill everybody and or like slit their throats sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas Stallone's character kind of, you know, he doesn't mind killing the people, but not sort of because I think at one point Lundgren's like going to basically sacrifice like a civilian or something like that and Stone's like no we don't do that sort of thing you know, yeah. cheesy but nonetheless um, but also Lundgren's kind of the sort of guy he's the good guy and he kind of goes bad guy but he is still technically kind of the good guy yeah and then you know you kind of get the sort of spoiler warning he kind of sacrifices himself so to say to you know help Stone yeah. and stuff um, 
So they technically work together. So it's Rocky and uh, Drago. Drago working together. Um, but the thing is, you know, Lundgren does look older. He yes. doesn't look dramatically that different from himself. Is you know, he's the longer hair uh-huh. style because obviously he kind of had the shaved hair because he was kind of meant to be this sort of Russian steroided up uh, boxer. You know, with like the army style haircut because. Isn't, didn't Rocky didn't he come out like in sort of military stuff at some point as well? Kind of had like a jacket on. Yeah. Um, uh, that was at the press conference. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Offside. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I just thought Italy had scored and made my day. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Just Alan really likes. I've been a military uniform. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes, darling. <laughs> Look, that girl still thinks they scored. Yeah, she's stupid. She's stupid. <laughs> she hasn't realised yet. Oh dear, love. Okay, anyway, back to Dolph Lundgren. Wasn't far off, but still a good call by the linesman there. You aren't allowed to call them linesmen anymore, are you? Nice people. Are they assistant referees or something? I think it's meant to make them feel better. Oh, I'll say I only know what they are. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, you Dolph, you Dolph Lundgren, who had a pretty cool character in this. Um, Statham, you're not the best of fans of. Like. Statham is just like the English version of Vin Diesel, if I'm honest. That's actually probably a pretty good call. He kind of just goes along the same sort of lines. Yeah. You know, same sort of movies. Um, obviously, Vin Diesel is pretty much Fast and the Furious nowadays, but it's kind of for Vin Diesel, it's more either Fast and the Furious or Chronicles of Riddick. Or uh, Pacifier. We, we try to ignore that. <laughs> we try to ignore that one. Um, good family movie if you have young kids, but don't try to watch, watch it. Watch Mr. Nanny instead. <laughs> um... Or you've got the spy next door with Jackie Chan, where he like looks after kids or something. I think as well. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I Jackie Chan uh, was in Cannibal Run too. The favorite. Yeah, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Have we ever done that yet? No. No. We can do that. In, we can do that in future. We can oh, do that okay. in future. Um, we'd always do that as part of another future sequel special or stuff as well. So mm-hmm. there you go. One for future. Um, Jet Li. Um, Lethal Weapon Four. Yeah, Lethal Weapon Four. He uh, has done. Was it was it the movie? Just I think he did. He actually has done one with Statham as well. Was it War or something like that? Yeah, he did. Unleashed. He did something. Kiss of the Dragon was the one I yeah. remember him from. He's done that as well. So it was kind of a given that he was going to be involved in this because he's kind of it's kind of been him and Jackie Chan. Yeah, you know, as you're kind of not to sound very uh, you know specific, but as you're sort of karate guys in movies, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. um, trying to be the Bruce Lee of the modern generation. Yeah, that kind of pretty thing. much, yeah. Um, you Randy Couture, not pretty much a you know movie guy or anything like that. No, I did like Scorpion King um, Toilet. I mean <laughs> three, sorry. Yeah, um, but he's more known for having been uh, basically a UFC fighter that's pretty much been there since day one. Has won, I think, the title at numerous different uh, weight rankings. Uh, then ended up getting destroyed by Brock Lesnar. Um, mm. But he's actually quite old in terms of being a sportsman, so. It's, it was pretty much a everybody knew kind of Brock was going to win that, um, but yeah, Ronnie Couture I think could have a kind of could have a decent future in terms of being an action uh, star, but I think it may be in sort of these styles of movies and that he's sort of a secondary guy. He's kind of there to make yeah, the he'll numbers. Not be a leading, he'll not be a leading man. Just look at Scorpion King three, like you said. Yeah, um, we've mentioned Terry Crews. Uh, he's he's kind of always been more sort of the comedic actor. Yeah, um, so he has been an action guy, but. He fits in here because he's kind of you know he's got the f- size. He's an absolute huge guy. Yeah, um, so he's he does, a monster. He does fit in this. Um, Mickey Rourke, I kind of see as the odd one out. 
he's kind of the guy that, you know, because we kind of see him in this, and he's kind of like this sort of biker guy, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, into his tattoos and stuff yeah. like that. But there's no point you really see him to take a, a line out of the wrestling, lay the smack of down. Or he doesn't really like do that. anything of merit. Yes. You kind of see him as he's kind of the base dude. Yeah. You know, he's kind of the guy in the background. Um, maybe the agony aunt, because Stallone always seems to go and chat with yeah. him and sort mm-hmm. of get his tattoos done up and yeah. things like that. Um, but Stone Cold plays an absolute fantastic role in this movie, I think. He's actually a pretty good bad guy. Yes. Um, very much like, obviously, he'd done The Condemned. That, and that's obviously probably what maybe um, would spark that. To be honest with you, I think instead of Mickey Rourke, they could have done somebody like Vinnie Jones or somebody like that. Mm. You know, one person I would have loved to see in it just for pure hilarity would have been Hogan. Mm. You know, but you're trying to think of other people who are in action films. Mm-hmm. Would you have preferred to have Vin Diesel there instead of Mickey Rourke? Mm. I could see Vin Diesel probably if there's ever, say, an Expendables 3. I could say, maybe see like a Vin Diesel in there yeah. or something like that. Because obviously they're going to have to try, if Expendables 2 is reasonably popular, they're going to have to think, right, okay, there's a few other guys here. You know that we can kind of use. Yeah. You know, in a sequel because they're not going to be able to keep everybody from this movie into the third one. Because probably by the time if this is successfully doing Expendables three, there's word Arnold's going to be doing another two Terminator movies or something like that yeah. uh, to round it out. Uh, I think they're going to basically ignore. They'll probably get Colin Farrell uh, after doing I think Total Recall. I think, I think they're going to basically ignore the uh, Terminator Salvation movie. Um, I think they'd be better ignoring the Terminator three movie if we're all totally mm-hmm. honest. Because um, it was absolutely, uh, it's absolutely awful. Um, but uh, like we were saying, kind of, you've got Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger in this, but very minor roles. Yeah. But still fantastic to have them in it because Schwarzenegger it's, have to record that at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was like f- I think it was really really early in the morning because obviously there was rumours that he would be in it, and because he was still the governor at this time, yeah. people were coming off saying you're wasting time doing movies when you should be helping our state yeah. and all that sort of stuff so that's why he said I had to do it at this time in the morning so people can say oh well you're wasting you know our time as our yeah. governor and England are going to penalties what a surprise everybody anyways we mm-hmm. shall continue um, having Bruce Wilson Schwarzenegger this, even though for a very short period of time it's a nice nod well, it also combines the three Planet Hollywood people together yeah. as well for the first time yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. Um, obviously, you know Arnold's done so many. He's done Terminator. Um, he's done Last Action Hero. Oh yeah, how awesome is that? He's done a Razor. He's done a Razor, and uh, like you said, uh, Total Recall, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably going to be ten times better than this uh, one that's coming out. Um, and then obviously Bruce Willis, one of Chris's favorite movie series, and Die Hard. He did Unbreakable as well, um, Six Sense. Uh, fulfillment. Yep. Um, and then he has. Uh, he's obviously gone back to do the. Was it? Isn't this, this is the fifth now? Die Hard. He's going to do. He's done Red, which was actually a pretty good movie. You've probably not seen it yet. No. But I would kind of recommend it to you. Um, but yeah, tons and tons of stuff from these guys. Obviously, we kind of didn't really mention Stallone. Uh, he's done Rocky. He's done Rambo. Victory. Yeah, so you know, there's tons of stuff in here. They've basically the main thing behind this was let's take all the action guys yeah. and put them together yeah. and go from there. 
because it was kind of a, I think it was kind of a surprise for many when Lundgren was going to be involved in this. Yeah, because I think he hasn't really done all that. I think much. he retired as well. Yeah, I think this was more sort of he came out of retirement mm-hmm. because Stone asked him to. Yeah. Um, and we kind of obviously we kind of didn't mention Stone Cold. Stone Cold's been involved in this because he was literally he was the Hellraiser, he was the ass kicker. I think they tried to have somebody from WWE, UFC, that kind of thing. So yeah. they had had to kind of uh, cross brand it almost. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was it is pretty cool but um, we'll kind of mention quickly number two it looks pretty cool because obviously you're going to have Schwarzenegger and Wilson a bit more uh-huh. and there's some amazing scenes that it looks like it's going to be coming up yeah, between Wilson and Schwarzenegger my shoe is bigger than this <laughs> my shoe is bigger than this and Arnold's running around with his gun and then uh, there's the there's the uh, Arnold, you see Arnold sitting there with a cigar and his mouth going I'm back yeah um and that's obviously, obviously that's a hark to Terminator, but it's also a hark to look. I'm back acting. Yeah. Um, and then there's also saying, I think one of the guys shouted at him saying, "You should be terminated." Or something <laughs> like that. So there's full blown corny lines going to yeah. be left, you know, left and right in this. So it is going to be pretty awesome. Expendables too. We kind of haven't veered off as much as I thought we would in this one. No. Um, like I said, it'll be interesting to see Expendables 2. Uh, we were actually kind of semi-discussing this last night. We were kind of texting back about movies that would be coming out and all that sort of stuff. And yes, I think the conclusion is we'd like to see Expendables 2, but it won't be the end of the world if we don't see it no. in cinemas. Um, it'll probably be one that'll be a bargain binner in probably two months after its It'll DVD sort of thing. Like a month after its end cinema. That's, that is true. Um, but obviously sort of one thing we kind of haven't mentioned about in Expendables was this is the one where didn't Austin punch Stallone and basically break Stallone's neck or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think They he did a scene together yeah, and basically... I think he did <laughs> injure him. Yeah. 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 And it was pretty much a case of Austin just wrecked yeah. uh, Stallone. Um, I think that's eventually what led to the the mock-up picture of Stone and Arnold being in the same hospital together, <laughs> and all right, sorts yeah. of because I think I was Stone that finally went in to get work done on his back a bit. Um, but yeah, Expendables was a good movie. I know we haven't really revealed much of the plot, but it's one of those ones that I'm not going to say it doesn't have much plot. No, but it's one of those films you can watch and switch your brain off yeah. with a tub of popcorn or whatever. You know, you you kind of have to go just go and watch it if you're just looking for something to just pass an hour and a half or stuff like that then it is a good one to go and watch because at the end of the day most of you that are listening to this will have grown up with all these actors yeah. involved and if somewhere. you want a film that has loads of explosions that doesn't involve Michael Bay this is your ticket yeah exactly and pretty a pretty cool airplane in that as well um, so yeah definitely definitely check it out um, shall we go to a final little break Yes, and then come back with the hot rod after the English penalties in Italy. Yes. So we're going aptly to a break, so we don't get distracted because we are going to get distracted. That is true. So yes, um, we shall see you all after the break for some hot rod action. Bye bye. Hello, Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's Janine from Ghostbusters. You're trying to reach Operation Retroshock, Chris and Alan. Well, Chris and Alan will be right back for Operation Retroshock. That's right. Thank you very much. Yes, Lord Alfred Hayes here, outside the Warriors locker room. As you can <laughs> see, as you can see behind me, there is a lovely stencil of the Warriors mask logo made by a nine-year-old child that was in the crowd today. I stole it and decided to stick it there. But now <laughs> I'm going to go against my own code of conduct and not knock on the Warriors' door. Right here we go. Ready? Oh my God! How rude! Back to you, Chris. 
<laughs> Roddy Piper's first professional match came at the tender age of 15, and it wasn't pretty. Larry the Axe Hennig demolished the rookie in a mere 10 seconds. But the thrill of stepping into the ring with a legend and walking away with a whole $25 had Piper hooked. In the late 1970s, Piper made a name for himself in the NWA. Then upon entering the WWE in 1984, Hot Rod exploded onto the national scene. I was Rowdy before Rowdy was cool. Rowdy Roddy Piper was arguably the most obnoxious and the most irritating superstar in the history of the WWE. He was also one of the most entertaining. We don't want to cause you guys any trouble because we know how intelligent you are. In the 1980s, Piper's legendary battles with Hulk Hogan were unprecedented. The rowdy one was the fuel that fired up Hogan's Hulkamaniacs. And it was Piper and Hogan who filled Madison Square Garden at the very first WrestleMania. 23,000 strong out of one of them in their seats. The rowdy one operated only at full volume, especially in his revolutionary interview segment, The Incomparable Piper's Pit. Yo, Mr. Cameraman, come on over here. You're a very ugly person. I understand big body, little tiny weenie brain. They got the answers. I changed the question. The boss is back. He was one of the most hated superstars in WWE history, and he was one of the most beloved. Only a select few superstars could ever make that claim. And welcome back from the break, everybody. And we can announce that Italy have put England out on penalties in the quarterfinals again. Yeah, by England. By England. What yeah. a surprise. Cheers. The media will write all these things as saying that, you know, like it was, oh, it was the referee's fault and, you know, like oh, both Ashley should be burned at the stake and things like that for missing penalties. End of the day, it's a competition. They're out. Get they, on with They weren't going to win it, so get over yourselves. No. Anyway... Uh, on to our final subject of the evening, and it is our wrestling subject, and nothing better to talk about, I think, well, apart from maybe the likes of uh, the Million Dollar Man and stuff like that, but one subject I am extremely happy to always talk about is the Hot Rod, the rowdy one, Roddy Roddy Piper. Yes, so we're talking about his DVD, the uh, Born to Controversy Roddy Piper story. Um, some really interesting matches in this and on disc 3 you have like well basically all them are all Piper's Pits you know so you've got Andre Giant Jimmy Hart Bruno San Martino Harley Race and Bobby Heenan Hulk Hogan and WWE executives to name but a few um, you've got this awesome match with Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8 uh, Roddy Piper versus Brad News Brian whenever he was like painted black 
yeah. half black and half white and it's like Ugh. and as you were saying on your YouTube channel stuff he would not get away with yeah now. Mm, exactly well you know. stuff that he nearly even didn't get away with then yeah like all to do with Mr. T and he even says in this here that Mr. T I don't like him much and it pretty much shows in this yeah you know? you so it does you can kind of tell well, we kind of work through disc one first, sort of, yeah. kind of just working through on the points. Yeah, so uh, you have a troubled start, so obviously, you know, like... Uh, just just, troubled childhood, yeah, basically. Um, he was 18 years old, didn't have a place to go or nothing, you know, and, and wrestling. Didn't he describe himself as like a pencil neck youngster or something? Like he was a skinny youngster. Yeah. Didn't have, yeah. you know, any meat on him at mm-hmm. all. <coughs> Worked in the territories where I think his first match was against Larry the Axe Henning. Yep, so um, Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect's father. Yeah, and it lasted maybe about 15 seconds or yeah, something. Yeah, he just <coughs> he got squashed a bit. Yeah, apparently it's still a record from wherever he was fighting as well, which is kind of funny. Yeah, so just like WWE were trying to do with uh, Daniel Bryan and Seamus at WrestleMania and cocked it up basically. Yeah, um, then you had like um, Portland Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, Starkey in 1983 and then obviously him going to the World Wrestling Federation which is probably where he made his name. Yeah, and obviously this is where he talks about the likes of a lot of the old guys just not liking the fact of him coming in. Yeah. Um, wasn't, it, wasn't it, didn't he say, I mean, wasn't it like Louis Albano was the only one that was kind of nice to him? Because wasn't it like classy Freddie Blassie kind of went behind his back and badmouthed him, I think. I think that's something along the lines of... So he came in, he was mainly a manager, and it would take a while before he transitioned into the ring. Yeah, Um, because wasn't it him and Orndorff? Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Tension with Mr. T. Obviously there's some things that, you know, like... um, you know, I you see him mimicking him and going like uh, a pity fool. I go, oh, I'm not a fool, and I don't need your pity and things yeah. like that. And um, just like the match, the boxing match, he actually picked up the skull and threw it at him to try and get a bit more aggression out mm-hmm. of Mr. T because there was nothing didn't happening. It, didn't it, like, didn't it cut him in the knee or something? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. cut him in the leg yeah. and stuff like that. So that was that was pretty cool. That was. Uh, the boss is back so this is obviously after he's had time off he's come yeah. back you know the boss is back uh, the actor wherever he was in they live and things like that yeah, you know exactly. I'm here to shoot I'm, I'm here to chew bubblegum and I'm all out of gun that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, return to World Wrestling Federation uh, color commentator so obviously when I was commentating with Vince and I don't think he really enjoyed doing that but he was awesome at it yeah he was very good at it this, um, is, this is the thing it's amazing it's we kind of saw a glimpse of this sort of maybe a couple of years ago with punk but you just don't see it a lot now is the fact that back then it was reasonably common for wrestlers to get kind of involved in the commentary if they were all you know say be it off injured or mm. had been a, you know away for a prolonged period of time because obviously you had macho man yeah did some you know yeah, mr perfect commentating you had mr perfect and all as well and he'd Roddy Piper. Something they could have used Edge for. Or mm-hmm. JBL and Booker T. He kind of had JBL for that period as well of time. Um, and you kind of had CM Punk kind of got involved for a few weeks, sort of, when he was injured. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see it as much nowadays, and I think it would be pretty cool. Yes, you get the times where you're like, oh, such and such is in a feud with somebody. And yeah, the other's Cody the Rhodes. Others, and the other somebody's in a match. Well, yeah. yeah. Basically, like, the Cody Rhodes feud with Booker T. Mm-hmm. You know, Booker T was a now a commentator. He was effectively retired, and Cody was in the match and stuff like that. But also, like, oh, well, he, you know, here is... Uh, Beth Phoenix and Layla's having a match in the ring with Alicia Fox or something yeah. like that so here's Beth she's out here for a match she says about six words and then goes yeah. off again <laughs> um, but yeah to have like a wrestler and especially someone like Piper 
that is just somebody who's absolutely fantastic on the microphone and did not deserve such a, well I would refer to as low placing in WWE's uh, best talkers. I think he was only number. I think it was uh, number that, two. That list is just complete whack. Well, that, any any WWE list that's coming out at the minute is ridiculous because like uh, number one wrestling family was the McMahon's. Yes, I can understand the McMahon's. Yeah. It's WWE, but in my opinion, they're not the number one Jeez, wrestling the family. The Hearts were number two. Um, the Guerreros were quite far down the list as well. Um, mind, I think like. Um, the Mavia slash Johnsons they called them mm. were actually higher than the Smones even though they're all technically the one family yeah the Anoa Johnson Mavia yeah. families are all kind of the same and they're all related yeah. but anyway nonetheless moving on um, Intercontinental Champion obviously this is the only belt that he held um, won it from the Mountie I'm going to say yes you're correct and then lost it to Bret Hart WrestleMania 8 lost it to the British Bulldog at SummerSlam oh, yeah, 1992 mm. um which everybody will have heard this in a episode of Wrestle Shock, well, or will hear this in an episode of Wrestle Shock. Uh, your Intercontinental titles. Oh yeah, uh, the Family Man. So obviously talking about his kids and all Colt and what have you. Yes. Another return to World Wrestling Federation. Yep. So this would have been probably around WrestleMania. This is whenever he had his feud with Goldust. Yeah. The uh, Hollywood back. I think it was WrestleMania twelve. I'm going to say it's the one at Anaheim. It was the one that was at Anaheim, if my memory serves me. It should be in there, is it? In his WrestleMania 12, yeah. yeah. Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Yeah, I thought it was at Anaheim. Uh, the poem, but I knew that because it was Mighty Ducks and stuff. Um, but that was the one, that was the match that they took the... Uh, OJ. Out of the OJ car yeah. chase, because mm-hmm. they did the whole overhead shot, and yeah. uh, there was the white SUV and stuff like that. And this was school dust back when he was literally the craziest guy mm-hmm. ever. Aye, because he strips him down, he's wearing like all... Uh, women's underwear yeah, and stuff lingerie yeah. and negligees and stuff like that um, then he goes to WCW um, and becomes <coughs> miserable like a lot of people uh, says like he comes out saying he's icon then uh, a shirt saying icon Hogan changes music the icon Macho Man gets icon tattoos on his knuckles and it's like guys it's just a thing I said in a promo you know uh, I have to get like some heat in it he has an yeah. awful match with Hogan terrible match I yeah because it was like oh finally you know Piper and Hogan face off yeah yeah, it's like sometimes 20 years. people should just not face off yeah. you know one on one you know with such a big build up um Kind of it seems, you know. Kind of it seems like he had his, you know, similar experience to Ric Flair in WCW. Yeah. You know, because we all know Ric Flair explains it in his DVD that he came into WCW, was promised the world, and then became Hulk Hogan's lackey, became Macho Man's mm-hmm. lackey, became pretty much the guy that would put them over in the yeah. ring, sort of thing. Yeah. Because uh, he put his career on the line, and then two months later he came back, which was ridiculous. Uh, controversial interview which was obviously due with HBO and saying that everyone's dying you know they were getting pushed to the limit and all that kind of and stuff and he explains that a lot of that was cut and taken out of context yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that Yeah, which doesn't really surprise you when it comes to HBO they're, no, they're the ones for controversy there was then whenever he talked to Vince the interviewer talked to Vince and not to be this in the ground but with Roddy Piper again it says you know like uh, the, you know everyone's dying blah 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 and you know, Piper's going, well, I didn't say that, you know, and then you see Vince, like, hitting the notes out of your man's hand, things like that. I remember seeing that, that was an unreal interview, but I've never seen Vince like that, you can see he was genu- you know, genuinely livid. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is the Hall of Fame induction, where Roddy makes, uh, uh, before he says anything, the first words out of his mouth is, is HBO here? He goes, never mind. Yeah, but... 
I actually think that has to be one of the best, if not the best, Hall of Fame years. Oh yeah, totally. Because totally. wasn't it? It was him, Hogan, Hogan Orndorff, Sheik. Was Sheik? Was Sheik that Bob, year? Yeah, Bob Orton and Jimmy uh, Hart. Wasn't Koloff? Yeah. Yeah. So that they were all in yeah. this year. Uh-huh. I think that has to be one of the best years yeah. of Hall of Fame. Because now it's a case if we get maybe one, two big guys. Yeah. So you know, like in the years gone by, what was it? We oh, had? I think this year's was pretty good. Yeah, this year's was pretty decent. Like so, it was. But um, you know, the last few years have been yeah. really bad. You've it's had been one like, big guy or one yeah. semi big guy. And then, sort of, the pilot guys, you're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, they deserve stuff. But I enjoyed the not one that had, like, Shawn Michaels, Sonny, you know, things yeah. like that. I think they should, what they should do each year is put a woman into it. Yeah. You know, I think they should do that, whereas it'll seem to be I doing think, that as I think, much. I think we will get the likes of, I think in the future you will get a Trish and Lita in yeah. the Hall of Fame. Those two, I think, definitely deserve to be in the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, totally. Because uh, those two alone define the sort of but, uh, attitude. You, could, you of could use them as your headline, even. You know, mm. like Trish Stratus or Leader are that big a name that they would draw. Well, you know, they would, they would it, definitely. Yeah, um, Trish, especially if they eventually have a WrestleMania in Toronto, because mm-hmm. obviously they've used Edge, so they can't do him. The only other big headliner they could kind of do uh, for Toronto would be Owen. Yeah, so or you could do like yeah. a Lance Storm, perhaps, but he's not as big as name as Owen yeah, Hart you, is. You you know, I wouldn't see Lance Storm as a Hall of Famer, especially WWE, unfortunately. Yeah. But when is WWE taking Can I be serious for a minute? Yeah, you can if you want. <laughs> um, but when is WWE taking into account people with just their WWE careers? Because sure, Abdullah the Butcher was put in there. You know, yeah. he, you know, Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, you know, the, you know, Abdullah was pretty much just Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was. And um, obviously had uh, Vern Gagne, who obviously, you know... I think even though he accepted that, I think he was still very bitter. Yeah. About um, that kind of thing, but but no, definitely, um, it 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 has to be one of the best Hall of Fame years, if not the best. Um, To have okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now. I know, I know where you're going. Where am I going? You're going. Who were you happier to see going to the Hall of Fame, Million Dollar Man, or Roddy Roddy Piper? No, I'm going to say we're going WrestleMania 29. Right. Okay. How many people do we get? In Hall of Fame five, five six something okay. like that. Pick five. You want to go in? Um, if it makes it easier, Union one, Union one. I would like to see in New York. Um, th- I think he would. He think he deserves it. Um, but whether WWE will do it or not, um, but I would like to see the reaction because it's New York, New Jersey would be Paul Heyman. <laughs> I was just thinking that, but yeah, I would totally agree with you there. Um, I think uh, it would be pretty cool if we were to get another tag team would be Demolition okay it would be pretty cool because um, uh, the Road Warriors one was pretty cool mm-hmm. you know obviously there wasn't any Hawk and Oscar so yeah. you only had Paul Ellering and, uh, yeah obviously you'll not have Crush if you're including yeah. that in the Demolition yeah. but you'll have Action Smash still I know there's obviously someone that you've mentioned on your YouTube channel many times that you've wanted to win yeah, I really uh, he deserves it you know, you him, know. Or, him or Macho Man, I'd like to go in and see him. I don't see Macho Man happening simply because I think if um, his team, brother says he wants it to go in as the Puffo family. Oh, you see, I was going to say that if they were doing, they would probably do it as Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. They would that do it would as be, the first couple be being inducted that in the Hall of Fame. Cool. That would be kind of cool. What about Lex Luger? He's in great shape. <laughs> um, Bulldog. I see Bulldog. Bulldog, I think, I think if the rumours for WrestleMania yeah, 30 or London... Say that. That would be perfect. Yeah, which would I think would be maybe 
not WWE's main reason to want to do a pay per view like WrestleMania in the UK, mm-hmm. but that would it would be fantastic if they did a WrestleMania in London, and then Bulldog was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, like I said, if Owen is ever to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think it'll have to be out of Toronto. I don't. I wouldn't see yeah. him do it something like New York. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be really, really good to see put in the Hall of Fame. I would like to see, um, possibly, you know. Do you think they'll ever put Goldberg in it? No, <clears throat> I really, I really don't see it. Um, he, the only reason I could see them put Goldberg into the Hall of Fame is if he was to come back for another one big payoff match. But he doesn't, he doesn't seem like he There's could be. There's been bothered. a lot of tweets from Kurt Angle, and you know, a lot of people saying, mm-hmm. "I'm loving you, your match in this," and mm-hmm. they all are WWE matches. Yeah. I've yet to see somebody say, "I loved your match with AJ Styles with Sting yeah. or something like that." Well, a lot of, a lot of WWE fans don't even probably know about TNA this is the thing mm. is you know we as the sort of as we are referred to by the absolutely fantastic Dolph Ziggler marks <laughs> um, you know we know about TNA and we know about ROH and we yeah. know all about these other companies but you know 90% of a WWE audience Lou Albano in, in the Hall of Fame he is yes he is, he he is yeah he, I think he was one of the ones that was in probably either the first sort of you know, return televised version because obviously, like, so Andre and all got put in like yeah. years before, oh, as well as Vince Senior and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, you know, because there is tons that deserve. Lord them. Alfred Hayes would be one I'd like to see. Mm. That's what I was about to say. I think if they did another like, um, be it another manager or another sort of announcer mm. or something like that, I think that would be kind of cool because we've obviously had Jr. and we've had King and yeah. we've had uh, Finkel. Mm-hmm. They've all went in. But if you know, I would say like if um, Lord Alfred was going, that'd be kind of cool because Gorilla's always has already been in. Yeah, Bobby's already in. in yeah. So kind of Lord Alfred has gone in. Lord Alfred was kind of the fourth wheel. Yeah, out of those kind of that mm-hmm. kind of four because they were kind of the guys in yeah. that sort of time period. Jesse Ventura has been in it. So, yeah, you know, um, not that Jesse Ventura would ever come back for a WWE thing nowadays. I think I think him and Vince no. have had a major falling out since <laughs> even his last appearance. Um. But no, I think the likes of a Paul Heyman for a New York one would be really, really interesting. But it would be cool, like if we were to get a really, really big name, the likes of a Macho Man or a you know stuff see, like that. See, as much as that would be good, but you you want to see the person that's yeah. getting inducted, mm-hmm. not to yeah. sound selfish or yeah. anything like that. Um, but it would be kind of cool. Again, here if we've went off on the tangent and stuff, but yeah, um, no, it would it would be pretty cool. Um, Hold on, I just want to grab a couple of these older oh, here DVDs here. He's going to check here and see if there's anybody springs out to him, isn't it? Don't drop them on me, please. Right, they're already in. Cookie Beware's in, Greg Hamill, Valentine, Big Boss Man. Mm. Uh, British Barber Beefcake. Honky Tonk Man. I, um, I, I see, first part of me doesn't see that happening. I, I could see him happening. Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> No, Rush and Rick Rude. Could you imagine his acceptance speech? Jeez, no. For Ma- for not Macho Man, sorry, Ultimate Warrior. Um, that would be ridiculous, and he'd probably be coming out in the face paint and all as well. Jim the Anvil Nyhart. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Because then you would have Natalia inducting them. Mm. Uh, mm. The model Rick Martel. I don't see that happening. <laughs> Red Rooster. <laughs> no. What about Gobbledygooker? No Bushwhackers. I really don't Why? think so. <laughs> No. Give me a good looking. 
<laughs> okay. Oh God! Or well, didn't Mike say in an episode of Wrestle Shock that uh, him and his friends went around licking each other's heads yeah. and stuff like that? It was just like yeah. whatever floats your boat, guys. <laughs> Doink. No, I don't see Doink. The Ringmaster. I'm not sure about him. No, I don't the think Tonka yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Kamala would be a good one. Mm. You know, given his yeah, g- considering his situation, yeah, yeah, amputation of his leg and stuff like that, shame. But no, I think you know if we were to get likes of a demolition or something like that, it would go in. I think that would be a pretty cool I one. I think demolition would be a good because it, obviously you're in. As long as they didn't come out in their actual ring attire at this age, it would not be. I don't it think would, that would be nice. Do. It wasn't nice then. It wouldn't be nice now. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I wouldn't mind them coming out in their face paint and tuxedos. That would be fine. Man. Repo, repo, repo man. How about the goon? No. <laughs> the goon in the Hall of Fame? No. Um, yeah, and Duke the Dumpter Josie, we could have him as well. That's about that idea. Yeah, he could take out the trash. Or you could have Steve Lombardi. Oh God, don't even joke. I, Brooklyn Brawler. Br- br- Brooklyn Brawler. I could probably see that being a possibility, you know? Oh, that would... I think you're actually probably right. He could be one of the lower card ones. That would be a good one as oh. well. New Age Outlaws. That would be cool, considering Road Dog is back with the company as yeah. an agent, and obviously Billy Gunn isn't tied to anything. Yeah. That would be cool. I or could you see DX going as a whole, possibly? You know, well, you, you did know, see that would, that would kind of be Triple H's first step towards being in the Hall of Fame. You did see X Pac at if they did it for the Four Horsemen. I think they'd probably do it for Shawn Michaels mm. and induct him kind of again. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know. Would it be a sort of thing as Shawn Michaels would get a second ring? It would be kind of like Triple H's first ring before he would maybe get a second ring. Because you're not going to have the line. NWO with Hogan, obviously. But would you think Triple H would want inducted on his own before they did a DX? That's why I think they would just do the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, and that, New Age Outlaws would be pretty cool. Yeah. Because then you would get, obviously, Road Dog and him doing the full blown intro again. So yeah. Obviously, Road Dog kind of did that for his dad when he got inducted anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a slightly cleaner version. <laughs> yes. um, that's, it's always weird. I find that when his intro music came yeah, on, it was oh, like, oh, you didn't know. And then it was just like, you better call somebody. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, New Age Outlaws would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's one guy we're obviously completely missing. Hey, Taker. Oh, the only the rumors obviously are either WrestleMania 30 will either be London or Texas. If it's Texas, I see them holding Taker off till then because mm-hmm. Texas is his yeah. you know, home. Um, if it is going to be London next year, then I could see them doing Taker this year. Because why else are WWE releasing a streak DVD? True. What would be the point of releasing a streak DVD if he's going to be doing any more? Mm. That's my opinion. I think that's I think that's what gives it away. But they've already done a Taker fifteen and O DVD. No, I know they've done that, but just the way they're referring to it, they're not just going fifteen and O. They're saying the streak, mm. as in unless he's going to do one more match and he's going to lose it. That's the only thing I could think of. Um, I know again, like I say, we've gone tangent thing, but this is actually a pretty good subject to be talking about. Um, Undertaker is maybe a possibility, but. I could see them just holding it off for 30. Yeah. They would say, here's 30 and look who's going in the Hall of Fame. It's mm-hmm. Undertaker. Yeah. Um, I think it would be weird to see him talking. Probably. One other person that we haven't thought about. Who? The Rock. The Rock. We've already had Austin. Yeah, I suppose he, already he could happen next year, yeah. He could happen next year. if he's. you think about it, there's talk of him possibly coming back match. at the Rumble. 
yeah. to enter the Rumble to go to WrestleMania for, for the title or something like that, or even CM Punk. They, there's been rumours. See if there was Rock versus CM Punk, I would be over the moon with that. If it was Rock Cena, I really don't understand the once in a lifetime yeah, thing. I'm, I just I can't I can't see them doing it again. Well, I can see them doing it again because it's WWE and changing maybe their see minds. And Rock Cena Punk, yeah, or Rock Cena Ziggler. Hmm. But I if, think, but I if, think it, if it ended up being like a Rock versus CM Punk one, if the Rock's there, fine. I'm happy yeah, as Larry. Yeah. Um. I still would rather CM Punk Austin. That's yeah. just me. Mm-hmm. CM Punk Austin would literally be amazing. Uh, like Chris is the big Hulk Hogan fan. Stone Cold was, you know, Stone Cold slash The Rock was kind of my Hogan. Mm-hmm. So to see Austin versus Punk would almost be a bit like I'm not going to say Cena versus Rock. You know, Cena versus Rock was a similar style of thing for you know Hogan Rock. Yeah, but I see Austin versus Punk as something very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin is um, the guy who kind of was the heel, became the anti-hero, faced his boss, remained beer the same, drinker. remained the same guy, was the beer drinker. Fans became loving him, and CM Punk is the kind of the polar opposite of like straight of, edge. Yeah, he's the straight you know. edge guy, but he was the heel. Yeah, he was the heel in the run up to facing Cena, mm-hmm. and then it was the oh Punk's leaving. And if he leaves with the title, then it's his. Yeah. He's out of contract. But everybody was kind of in the build up going, Yeah, he won't win the title, he'll go away and that'll be him out of contract and we'll not see him and then he'll eventually come back at some stage. Again, uh, some of the best promo work. And then best it's the pipe bombs. Best stuff there, but again, like the invasion stuff, they did it too short. They didn't they yeah, didn't they could have dragged it out. Could have, they could have done that. His re- his return could have been a lot more delayed and it would yep. have been a lot bigger. Imagine if they'd have kept the WWE title off the T V for maybe three months. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah. they could have you know, the WWE they could have played it as in the WWE's gone into disarray. Yeah. It's like there's no champion. There's yeah. only the Intercontinental title. That would have been the perfect way to build the Intercontinental title back up. Think about it. Yeah. No WWE title. Because everybody's like everybody's like champion. we want the Intercontinental title yeah. now. Mm-hmm. That would have been pretty cool. Um, see, just ideas flew. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a Punk versus Austin match would be. I'd be pretty happy cool. with that. If I was to hear that glass shattering and that at WrestleMania, I think that that the, I think your eardrums would near explode. Even if he was just a referee. Mm. Yeah, just to have Austin actually there because you've probably heard everybody else mention this numerous times. But the house show that I won tickets to that time. <laughs> and uh, we went to it and the glass broke you could not help yourself no you jumped up and you were like yes and then you just realised crap it's Haas yeah you knew you, for two seconds you were like oh, Austin and then you realised no it's going to be Haas because that was the time he was doing the gimmicks yeah but for those two seconds I think I was the happiest <laughs> as a wrestling fan <laughs> in history and that says something but no um Another thing, I know we've kind of really went into our WrestleMania, sort of what we want to see from <laughs> WrestleMania when we go over a moment. Um, but if Dolph Ziggler was up there in a big match, I think it'd be pretty cool. I know Ryder's trying to get a whole, let's have a Ziggler versus Ryder match at WrestleMania. I think Ziggler's going to be too big for that come WrestleMania. I think Ryder is going to fade into obscurity because it seems to be happening already. Well, the thing is, they keep having Ryder win at house shows and win against Ziggler at house shows, so they're happy enough for him to win it off TV but not on TV um, 
but I just see Ziggler being too big come WrestleMania if Ryder's still around, if Ryder is still on TV and stuff yeah. like that. I can just see Ziggler being too far on for the. I can see the Ryder being the Tyson kid nowadays. Mm. Mind, I hope Tyson Kidd does eventually get a push because he's a good blooming wrestler. I think Tyson Kidd's going to get released sooner rather than later. Yeah, and then poor Natalia's going to be on her own, and they're going to break up probably because Natalia will have some sort of an affair and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, what happens. it's what happens. It is what happens. If they don't have their squeeze on the road, then things go awry. Stick or something. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's going too much of a tangent now. Um, pull out the sleeve then again for the Rowdy there sorry we'll talk about a few of the Piper's Pits to see if anything stands out sorry I'll take that then yep. okay obviously Piper's Pit Hulk Hogan memorable Piper's Pits with Hulk Hogan obviously they were involved together in the whole build up to Wrestlemania yes uh, with uh, Andre and Hogan because uh, hadn't it been there Andre had appeared on a week prior and then Hogan had appeared a week prior separately or something no it was Andre first and then obviously Hogan and yeah, then Andre and then they appeared together what are you doing with him Andre yeah and then obviously Andre grabs Hogan's shirt and yeah. all that sort of thing. He gets his necklace with a cross on yeah. it and rips it and you know, oh, you're bleeding, you know that sort of stuff. Um, let's see, <laughs> Brother Love and uh, Morton Downey Jr. Oh, uh, Vince McMahon and Rikishi in '03. Yeah, I was with Sean O'Hare. Yeah, and then Jimmy Snooker in '03. Snooker, Jimmy Snooker, Jimmy Snooker, <laughs> Jimmy Snooker. Um, Put in that was obviously the play on the coconut. Yeah, that was when Rikishi came out. Mister America in '03. Oh God! When it was oh no, it isn't Hogan. Yes, it is. It's Hogan. Oh, remember Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri? The one where like uh, Piper had got like a smorgasbord. He'd got like a buffet on tables. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Eddie's talking to Tajiri and Tajiri's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's like, food, food, you know, not like they're eating away. And and they, were, they were tag champs, weren't they? Those two? They were, yeah. they were tag champs together, that was awesome. And then obviously the one at WrestleMania, the one with Austin. Yeah, uh, there's... Thanks very there's, much for having me immediately mad a little and then I, slaps him. Stone Cold and Carlito. Yeah. Uh, 05, Shawn Michaels, 05, McFoley, Bob Orton Ooh. and Randy Orton. Last well, that's when I pretty... Uh, RKO's Piper and Piper kind of yeah. hands on his knee. Yeah, it looks like oh. uh, Great Cali in 06. Uh, let me see, pull up the rest here. There's tons of them on this, like um, <laughs> Robert DeBoard, Andre the Giant, Frank Williams, <laughs> the uh, the Haiti kid, uh, Jesse Ventura, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. I that was the yeah. Jesse Ventura was involved. Obviously, there's the Jimmy Snuka one. Uh, Mr. T was in there uh, again with Jimmy Snuka and Hulk Hogan <laughs> Salvatore Balomo and the Junkyard Dog Paul Orndorff, Bruner San Martino Jimmy Hart, Harley Race and Bobby Heaton Hulk Hogan and WWE executives <laughs> obviously everybody remembers with Piper's Pits the uh, the big one is the uh, I'm from a Columbus, Ohio <laughs> and basically wasn't it, doesn't Piper say in this DVD he says when I heard that I knew we're off yeah yeah. you know Piper knew he had him from that very very second um, should I see what other matches have we got here there's obviously important there was the hair versus hair at Wrestlemania 3 with him and Adrian Adonis who oh they were God. both very good friends yeah and obviously uh, Adonis I think it was the, the next year he got killed in the car crash was it 88 this was 87 I think so because right, then there was Dino Bravo Canadian strongman that was assassinated by the mafia yeah because I remember Piper in an interview recently he stated him and Adrian Adonis were like brothers and maybe that's one that Piper couldn't and then uh, it was Piper around this time he was nearly sort of Randy Orton like in the sense of he was being very destructive with his life and all mm. that sort of he was being crazy 
And Adrian turned around and said to him, you know, you need to buy yourself a home, you know, so you can feel like you have a family sort of thing, because obviously, again, like we said, he was alone from a very young age yeah. sort of thing. So basically Adrian was like, you know, you need to buy yourself a home, it'll make you feel better and all that sort of stuff, and it did. And Piper's always said that he's felt that home is representative of Adrian Adonis. He, he sees it as Adrian's looked over him over mm-hmm. the years. Um, I only read that very, very recently. Um, Piper versus Rick Rude. Piper versus Bad News Brown. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there was Piper versus Laura, remember? And he said I could have just phoned that one in. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood backlot brawl, as you said. I have uh, to watch that. I haven't seen that in years. The Piper Bret Hart match was actually pretty good. Yeah. And that was his first uh, pinfall defeat in something like 18 years. Yeah. But then he said, good. like, technically it shouldn't have counted because Bret Hart had it on the sleeper. Yeah. and Or no, Piper had the sleeper on Bret Hart. Which, so was, the, which was the offensive move. Yeah, and the referee should have checked his arm instead, yeah. so technically he didn't win. But I let him have it anyway. But that's that's actually the same thing as what happened in the recent CM Punk-Daniel Bryan match. But sure, it happened in uh, Bret Austin as well, in the lead yeah. up to Mania. Yeah, but like in the Punk, in the Punk-Bryan yeah. match, <laughs> it was Punk had the uh, yes lock on Punk. Punk had the yes lock on himself, did he? Did I say Punk had the yes lock on Punk? Okay. Uh, Brian had the (laughs) yes lock on Punk. That makes more sense. And then Punk kind of just shifted the weight, and then Brian's shoulders went down, and the ref counted the three. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing as, like, I think in a match, Natalia did, like, the sharpshooter, and the way she does the sharpshooter, she kind of, like, really extends it, like, back. Like so, her shoulders are on the mat, oh. and I remember once in a match, the referee started counting her shoulders, and she had to lift the shoulder. <sighs> so I think so. It's like they're doing the aggressive move; their yeah. move should, you know, count. But this is WWE because wasn't the same, wasn't there a similar thing with um, Taker and Kurt Angle? Taker would have tapped out or something like that, but Angle got pinned or something. Like yeah, that. something. Yeah. Something along those lines. But again, yes, amazing tangents. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to go ahead here, everybody. We'll just go straight into. Um, We'll just read off a few emails that we've selected from certain individuals for this. Um, are you pulling some up on your phone, are you, yep. or something? Yeah, I shall do... Well, you could do Mike Lacey's, if okay, you want. Okay, I'll do Mike's then. I shall do um, Debs. Then. You shall do Debs? <laughs> I won't get you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Debs. I didn't try to set that up. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is Mike. So our good friend Mike, also Chris's co-host for WrestleShock and TMNT Funness yeah, with What the Shell. That's correct. Along with Dylan. Um, okay, so hey, Chris and Alan. Hi. It is retro shocking. <laughs> oh, Mike. Uh, that it's been 50 episodes and two and a half years already. Don't scare me, Mike. Two and a half years, I know. Um, what a wild ride. Let's see. Favourite moments. That's easy. Uh, episode 33 and 49 were clearly the best since they were the ones with appearances by me hmm. why is it that a lot of people we've had in contact with us um, have stated that the episodes they're in are their favourites I don't know you nearly think people love themselves yeah. in this world don't you, you know? far up their own horses yeah. um, seriously there have been so many great moments that I'm not going to try and list them in order instead I will just go uh, with some episodes that really stick out in my mind so let's buckle up and push it to 88 miles per hour on the old iPod and head back in time alright so uh, here's Mike's list um, episode 8 the Larry Kenny interview Completely understandable as Chris takes a drink of water and gives the thumbs up and nearly spills water down himself. 
Um, <laughs> episodes 10 and 11, the first two-parter to deal with Star Wars featuring Rob Bass and Pixel Dan and the fact that they couldn't grasp the 1 to 6 rating. That's right. That was quite funny. After that was, that was good. Got it. That feels such a long time ago as well. <laughs> yep. So it does. Um, it feels like a long time ago, but it is actually no time at all. Um, episode 15, the Chris Jericho interview. Uh, that's a Chris Jericho interview is understandable absolutely yeah, it was a big queue uh, big queues were big queues coup even uh, for us considering that was extremely early in our uh, run um, episode 16 and 17 the two part Batman special yep it was pretty darn good um, <laughs> some uh, ripping apart off the uh, Schumacher uh, Batmans there uh, with the plastic nipples. Uh, episode 20, the first Christmas episode, Alan allows He-Man to be featured in the show via He-Man and the She-Ra Christmas specials. Yeah, I was nice to Chris. I let him have He-Man on show. I even let him have He-Man, show, uh, He-Man, show, He-Man on the show this episode, so there you go. I suppose it couldn't. It wouldn't be fair if on episode 50 He-Man <laughs> didn't really make an appearance considering Chris Thea. Uh, episode 21, this was my introduction to Thunderbirds. Yay! Uh, he and Shira make an appearance for the second straight episode. What was I thinking back then? Uh, Alan forgets TMNT and his top twenty animated shows of all time. Priceless, or should I say, TMNT list for price? Um, yeah, that was a pretty sweet episode. Yeah, um, that that was actually that was a big episode for Mike. That you know, the getting introduced to Thunderbirds thing. That mm-hmm. was that was actually pretty big. Um, <laughs> episodes 22 to 25 the massive Doctor Who marathon um, I had sparingly seen uh, episodes of Doctor Who but this is where my interest was really piqued and inspired, uh, I was inspired to purchase the first three seasons on DVD mm. it's a very good choice uh, up next is the debut of WrestleShock, what a surprise <laughs> little did he know then what would happen to him down oh, the line poor Mike I know, poor Mike didn't know what he was going to let himself in for episode 3, Chris gets replaced by a newbie <laughs> who, who, who was that newbie? I know I know, a certain Mr Lacey again little did he know then where he would end up some generous one um, actually involved in the RetroShock family um, episode 36 the Zelda special featuring Pixel Dan again that feels so long ago but it is no time episodes 38 and 39 the two part Rocky special featuring Ryan Porter that is a very much a favourite of mine simply because not only the subject matter um, but the craziness, craziness that went on in the end with yes. my, my laptop packing in the dogs invading the room <laughs> and stuff like that uh, episode 40 uh, again uh Thunderbirds, uh, absolutely the funniest episode of the lot had me crying. Um, is that the one we were talking about? We were talking about the modern movie as well, I think, possibly. Probably. I, I, don't know, I need to listen to that again. I would need to, to listen to that one again, yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 41, the Townsend Coleman interview. Yeah, um, obviously, Mike would then go on to get to actually <laughs> yeah. speak with the man himself uh, for what the shell. So if you want more uh, Townsend Coleman goodness, uh, obviously if you haven't already listened to episode 41 but you can also listen to What the Shell from even more Townsend Coleman goodness uh, episode 43 the Mario special um, ORS reviews episode 8 opening of the care package uh, that food lasted for ages yeah. um, Shock episode 5 my official debut yay go Mike uh, bonus episode crossover, uh, which actually isn't even that long ago, is the Comics Corner with Ryan Porter your, with yourself. Oh, well, he'll be up. Yep, and episode 49, funnily enough, 
the Avengers Assemble, possibly the most fun I have had recording. Oh, it says it all for me in WrestleShock, doesn't it? I know, doesn't it? Yeah, he, doesn't, he obviously doesn't have that much fun with you. Mm-hmm. See, it's just because I was there, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you gentlemen for the time, effort and love uh, that you put into the show and everything that you do. It is both an honour and a privilege to be a part of the show. I, I have met and have come to know some of the most awesome people, such as Ryan Porter, Swain Halleck, Dylan Cook, James Sawyer and Rob Bass, through being a part of the Operation Retroshock family and that is truly what you have created with this show a family thank you so much your friend Mike I'm, 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 I'm going to cry to get him, man. I'm trying try. okay so I'll um, thank I'll you very read, much for that Mike by yes the way. thank you Mike I'll read out Debs and then okay. uh, if you want to do Joe's and I'll do Swings uh, yeah, that's how long okay. that's okay. so Let's go for Debs writes hey guys first of all congratulations on the big 5-0 so many excellent retro shock moments so I thought I'd send you a list of my favourite episodes in no particular order I'm listening as they come to me episode 2 Ghostbusters special with Lawrence Twas the first retro shock I listened to episode 8 Larry Kenny it's only Lionel Thundercats ho interview with Eric Stewart yay Brock episode 20 Operation Retro Masters Chronicle Shock or something to that effect Man, Shira, Christmas special, Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas character, Carol and the medicine that, oh my god, and the admittance that there is no Santa, it's okay, Brandon doesn't believe anymore. Sugar, we should have put a spoiler in there again. Okay, well... You do that. Episode 14, I love Moonwalker and the Mega Drive. This took me right back to my childhood. Episode 16, Gosh, Batman. Crazy episode, right, doesn't it? <sighs> I, think <laughs> I think that has to be one of the craziest ones. Like, yeah. Batman special part one. Batman Returns is by far my favourite Batman movie. Episode 31, The Christmas Maze and Red Dwarf. Love, love, love. Episode 19, Toy Story. How can you not love Toy Story? Also, Jurassic Park was featured in this one. Hard to believe that film next month is 19 years old yeah agreed episode 46 film sequels Terminator 2 is awesome and I loved I'm one of the select few that still love Back to the Future 2 episode 1 Back to the Future need I say more Alan's Back to the Future birthday present was this episode 33 can't remember episode 49 Avengers special downloaded this the day after I had been to see Avengers an awesome episode about an awesome film franchise thanks for so many episode guys here's to 50 more Thank you very much, Debs. Thank you very much, Debs. Um, yeah, I think the Avengers one is probably going to go down as one of the most enjoyable episodes to ever record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, uh, not only for the subject matter, but the fact that we had Mike and Ryan there. Um, and basically, I think, what is it? With obviously, we're going to be doing a Spider Man special later in the summer. That makes Ryan going to be the most attended guest on the show. Yeah. So uh, you get nothing, uh, <laughs> but a pat on the back, uh, a cyber you pat know, on the back. Good day, sir. Um, but yes. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, Joe, aka Lex Hunter. Um, hey guys, Lex Hunter here, and I just want to start out by saying congratulations, Alan and Chris, on fifty episodes of ORS. I sat down and tried to come up with my favourite moments from past shows. But, to tell you the truth, it wasn't easy. I've enjoyed every episode, even if it was a subject that I don't follow, like wrestling. Well, sorry about that, Joe, we kind of did go a bit wrestling crazy in this episode, so I do send my humble apologies to you. Um, Oh, Chris has left his iPhone. What to do? Sorry, folks, bear with me a second. Okay, let me see. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, sorry everybody, I'm just doing something here. Okay, moving on. Uh, sorry, Facebook. Um, I sat down and tried coming up with my favourite moments from past shows, but to tell you the truth, it wasn't easy. I've enjoyed every episode, even if it was a f- subject that I don't follow like wrestling. So here are three episodes that I came up that stood above the rest, in my opinion. Um, number one, the TMNT episode featuring an interview with the amazing Townsend Coleman. I think there's a running theme here. Mm-hmm. Um, I could listen to that man talk for hours. Well, you can, Joe, because you have episode 41 of Retroshock, and like we said, he also appeared on the Shell. Exactly. Number two, the Zelda special. Um, it was great hearing your opinions on my favourite game franchise of all time. Number three, the Rocky specials. Uh, special specials. Such a great look at one of my favourite film series of all time. Uh, like I said, those are three of my favourite episodes, so keep up the great work, guys, and I'll see you on Twitter. Twitter. Thank you very much, Joe. Well, thanks, Joe. I've got the distinct honour of reading um, Luke Nicholas, who is Swin Halleck. says, Dear Alan and Chris, many congratulations on reaching 50 episodes of ORS. Take your kudos, you both deserve them. Uh, there have been tons of times I've experienced, both as a listener and a guest, over the pa- last two plus years of listening to your show. But among my favourites are your guest star interviews. Not surprisingly, I was a huge fan of the Townsend Coleman interview, but your chat with Alison Court was a major favourite of mine. Additionally, while I'm not exactly a Doctor Who fan, I've always found your Who episodes to be very informative, providing a great breakdown for a franchise I know pr- practically nothing about. Time is fast and life is short, so before you know it, we'll be riding in with our congratulations to you on episode 100, but I'm sure we'll experience another 49 excellence podcast before that time. Later, dude. Sweet. Thank you very much, Sweet. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Mr. Dean Irvine's now. Alright, okay. So I, I don't know we got his, and yes. then I got uh, Superfan Ben's today yep. after that. Um, so Dean goes, Hey guys, sorry it took so long to get back to you, uh, but I had to think hard about this, and to be truthful, um, I can't think of any in particular favourite moments. Now, that's not to say I don't enjoy the show, of course. I do. Hell, I only listen to a very limited number of podcasts, and uh, such as this, Wrestle Shock, and What the Shell take up half of that list. Oh, he loves me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just to say that I simply cannot list any because I have enjoyed so many. So you thought we were going to get a negative there, didn't you? Um, be it the topics, the interviews, or simply just the banter, and to actually rank them would be extremely hard for me to do. My one gig vice was Masters of the Universe, so I listened to Chronicles a lot, uh, which put me onto Retroshock. In all honesty, a good load of stuff I now own or have got back into is all your fault. <laughs> You're welcome, Dean. Uh, he just and then he puts lots of laughs. Uh, the show's topics have reminded me of so many things I had forgotten about, um, enjoyed or simply fallen out of interest with. And for what I can say, thank you. Uh, all I can say is simply keep up the great work and here's to another 50 episodes. Dino. Thank you, Dean. Yes, thank you, Dean. Uh, we should really make an effort to meet Dean at some stage. I know, it's just a case of, you know, more now than ever, we're obviously pretty busy, so... Yeah. But we will try and do something. Um, Superfan Ben writes, I think it was episode 9 where you did a show about the classic Sega games, actually episode 14, Ben. Um, Chris sounded like he chopped up and sorted a one-pound bag of Skittles right before you started recording. It was a scary yet entertaining show. Also, the Christmas episode where Alan got his Back to the Future poster signed by Christopher Lloyd. Thanks for 50 great episode, guys. Um... 
I think I think we'll do one final sort of quick one here. Um, like we say, we will, uh, you know, have a few more over the eventual coming episodes and such. Um, but this one is from Rory, aka Barry Man fan. Um, he goes, on, he goes, hi Alan. No, no, hi Chris. What? He only goes, hi Alan. Son of a bitch. No, good <laughs> no, Rory at all. No, hi Chris. He says thanks for the email. Um, well done on so many episodes. Sorry to say, my favourite moment was when Chris called you a ignorant P. Rick um, during the Super Mario special when he went to get a drink and he was heard in the background. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> There are also many other things he says, um, but also he says Chris has mentioned me on a number of occasions, so that's all very nice. <laughs> he says uh, many. He says many thanks, Rory. So there you go. Uh, Rory was one that sent me a Mister Perfect um, figure. Yeah, yeah. So Rory is a class act. So yeah, Rory, you aren't an ignorant per a. <laughs> so you're not so. So yeah, that's just a few of the emails we received. Like I say, we kind of want to spread the love across a couple of the episodes, so we hold off with uh, reading any more. Um, I don't think there's much else from those that we can kind of say of what our favourites were. Obviously, Eric Stewart was a big one for me. Yeah, episode 14 for me was just... It's one that I can just go back to, and if I'm in a particularly foul mood, that will brighten me yeah. up. Uh, it's just the case of, you know... And it, it, and it is kind of nice for me to say that on two consecutive birthdays, uh, on birthday shows, there was Eric Stewart and uh, Larry Kenny. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, the Eric Stewart one was a big one for me, like you say, Larry Kenny was for you. Yeah. Um, to be able to speak to Eric Alison Stewart. Court was a huge yeah. one for me. That yeah. was just awesome. But to be able to speak to Eric Stewart um, was insane. The same kind of with Townsend Coleman for me as well. Yeah. Um, Turtles, big part of my childhood. A different time in my childhood to what Eric would have been. You know, mm-hmm. um, Turtles more so a lot more my younger years. Yeah. Very much um, like the same way Thundercats and obviously Shane Rimmer with Thunderbirds. You yeah. know, like getting to talk to yeah. that man. You know, that was exactly. Um, so you know, most of our interviews have absolutely been stellar. There was one <laughs> that never gets mentioned anymore. I'll stop hiding behind the bush there, Alan. I know I shouldn't really beat around the bush either. No, but, stand um, up, will you? I know I'll stand up for myself. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there, and then there's been the episodes just where we've been absolutely tangent crazy, a bit like this one. Yeah, uh, sugar highs and stuff like that. And that episode fourteen was actually recorded after we recorded with Jericho, so that's probably why we were really, really like, hyped up, buzzing our bite. You yeah. know, so because we just came off with speaking to Jericho, and uh, then we'd taken a break, we'd had some food, we'd had sweeties, and then we began. Yeah, and that was pretty mad. Um, so yeah, that. If anybody ever asks me what episode should I listen to first, that's usually one I point them to because literally everybody comes out of that creasing themselves, laughing with the madness that occurred during it. Um, like there's been people that I maybe haven't spoke to in years, like people I used to go to primary school with and stuff like that, um, who I've gotten back in contact with over the last you know year or two sort of thing, and, I, and they've said, you know, what are you up to? And I say, oh, I, I, I podcast and all that sort of stuff, and. I've let them listen to the show. I've said, you know, go here, download an episode, mm-hmm. and they literally come back and cannot believe it, you know, sort of thing. Uh, I'm not the Alan they remember, sort of thing. Um, but they're amazed at, you know, just how much it makes them laugh and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Not that they're doubting in the <laughs> the ability or anything like that, but it's just nice. 
that you know they enjoy. But obviously, like we've that. had interviews. We had special guests like Mike, like Ryan, like Sween, like Dan, yeah. Rob, Lawrence, the guys from TWS. Yeah. You know, um, if I've missed somebody, I sorry. It's, um, it's like an Oscar speech, you know. Uh, we, yeah. You know who you are. You know who's been involved. Yeah. We know we, th- you know that we send our sincere thanks. Um, but it's not always able to remember everybody. I think we've pretty much hit everyone, though. Here. I think we've pretty much got everybody. Yeah. 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 Um, but if you have somehow uh, dramatically got missed, we do apologise. Um, but we do thank you uh, for your support across this whole time. Uh, I'm trying to think what other memories. It's kind of hard when you're kind of put on the spot. Um, I don't think there's been many uh, Game Fest Game yeah. Fest and Doctor Who experience Game Fest and Doctor Who experience was pretty cool the, yeah. you know the away trips and stuff like that for the show um, you know like so the Game Fest thing with the likes of the guys from Radical and stuff like that you know getting to meet these yeah, guys yeah Dave Frackier coming on yeah on yeah. the show to speak on you know ORS reviews um, I think actually you know a big favourite memory is actually getting to the point where we launched other shows and all that sort of stuff. You know, we got to the point where we were like, "Yeah, let's do something else." Mm-hmm. You know, sort of thing. Um, I think it also has to be said, going from a monthly show to then a fortnightly show to effectively you now a weekly. Yeah. Uh, setup. You know, not a weekly show in the sense that there's a retro shock every week, but there is always something usually weekly on the retro shock feed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it has become uh, more pressure. But it is kind of cool seeing the fact of there's something going up mm-hmm. each week. Um, and it is now nice to have Mike there in the sense of he is there um, in a way that he helps us, in the sense of he's there and he can help you with re- yeah. uh, with WrestleShock yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have WrestleShock rolling quite a bit more yeah, I mean, I'm than really it did in, used to. Yeah, I'm really enjoying doing it. And it's... Yeah. It's good to do like the fan thing where we send like the emails yeah. to like the Intercontinental yeah. Champions or whatever. Those those are kind of becoming kind of the go to thing with WrestleShock, and yeah. it's always kind of cool. And obviously, we've got the SummerSlam one coming up yeah. where you're going to be a part mm-hmm. of, you know. So it's going I'll to make be like a, a I'll make a, re- a return. I'll um, damn, we've spot the surprise. I was going to do one of those sort of like a Cena appearance in the Rumbles, like oh look, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, not really. Would kind of telegraph that for quite some time, but. Th- it, Mike asked us to play a certain song at the end yeah. of the show, so he says it kind of fits well with RetroShock, so we are going to play it. We don't know what it's called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. So um, um, Give me a second. I will find it here. Uh, it's just Mike sent it. Um, I, th- I think it was something to do with the playlist from Geekcast Radio or something like that. So, yeah. Um, Let me see. He said here. for us to play that. So. It is here. It's called 19-something uh, uh, by Mark Willis. Uh, he's like an American kind of country singer it's sort of got that sweet home Alabama sort of feel oh, to yeah. it um, but you'll kind of you'll kind of get it everybody uh, it is it's nearly as much a tribute to the show as a tribute to Mike for kind of being our biggest supporter and then eventually becoming a part of the RetroShock family um, there is so many things we could ramble on about here probably for another hour just saying memory wise you could just sum it up with saying two words which is just thank you yeah. if you are, have listened to us thanks if you've left us iTunes feed thanks if you sent us an email or you know like you've um, sent us a message on Twitter or something like that you know thanks for the support keep it coming um, still a lot of stuff in the works for RetroShock do you know one person we forgot to thank hey. Luke as in Game Festoria well, it kind of gets included in Game Fest. Yes, but I just I just wanted to put that out there as well because uh, 
this one that re- uh, I remembered. So there you go, look, you can actually be happy. You got kind of got yourself done separately. I there. probably stopped listening whenever we didn't mention his name. I know he probably gave up and yeah. uh, moved on. There he said, "I've waited through two odd hours and I've not been bloody mentioned." Um, but yeah, anyway, before we sign off again, yes, another big thank you. Um, as always, uh, you can contact us at either Alan Price at popculturenetwork.com. Uh, this is email wise, by the way. Or uh, Finto three one six is it at gmail dot com? Yep. Um, you've got at retroshock three sixteen on Twitter, at wrestleshock three sixteen on Twitter, um, at tmnt shell on Twitter, isn't yep. it? Yes. Um, many ats. Finto three one six. At Finto three one six for his own personal one. At Alan G W Price for my own personal one. But yes, feel free to always get in contact. Uh, let us know what you want to see on uh, the future on this show. Um, all I can say is, and I think I shall sign off with, uh, here's to 50 more, here's to many more. So I have been Alan Price. I've been Chris Vint. And we shall see you next time here on Operation Retroshock. Enjoy. seen the stuff they put inside Stretch Armstrong Yeah well, I was Roger Stahlbag in my backyard Had a shoebox full of baseball cards And a couple of evil Knievel scars On my right arm Well I was a kid when Elvis died And my mama cried it was 1970-something In the world that I grew up in Fair faucet hairdo days Bell bottoms and A-track tapes Looking back now I can see me Oh man, did I look cheesy But I wouldn't trade those days for nothing Oh, it was 1970-something The dawning of a new decade We got our first microwave That broke down and finally shaved The most sideburns off I took the stickers off of my Rubik's Cube Watched MTV all afternoon My first love was Daisy Duke And them cut-off jeans Space shuttle fell out of the sky And the whole world cried it was 1980-something In the world that I grew up in Skating rinks and black Trans Ams Big hair and parachute pants And looking back now I can see me Oh man, did I look cheesy I wouldn't trade those days for nothing Oh, it was 1980-something I got a mortgage and an SUV But all this responsibility Makes me wish Sometimes It was 1980-something In the world that I grew up in Skating rinks and black Trans Ams 
Big hair and parachute pants And looking back now I can see me Oh man, did I look cheesy I wouldn't trade those days for nothing Oh, it was 1980-something 1970-something Oh, it was 19-something 